The officers out of Elizabeth City, North Carolina, who were involved in the shooting of Andrew Brown will not be charged. It has been ruled that the shooting was justified. So, of course, this is not working out for Black Lives Matter protesters. They're already protesting in the city. Still light out. So we'll see what ends up happening. I don't want to say there will be riots. So it's just right now protests. But I think, look, there's going to be a weekend. And usually on the weekends is when things get really raucous. So we'll see. But there's a, there's a couple other stories that I really uh, want to get into in this context, too. There's one story out of, uh, I think it's Arkansas, where a man just stopped a mass shooting with a rifle. And you're not going to hear a lot about it because it was stopped. And it was stopped because a guy was armed. So, you know, we hear our big fan, Second Amendment. So we'll talk about that. And we've got a big story out of Philly, the, a, a DA who is backed by Soros. So that's 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 true, right? Yeah. Yep. Ryan's telling us, yes. backed by Soros, might actually get crushed. So this is going to be interesting, all, all of these, these different uh, issues coming together. And then uh, Obama saying, you know, UFOs are real. So I guess we'll talk about that because, huh. you know, everyone trusts Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, joining us today is writer Ryan James Gurdusky. Thanks for having me on. Do you want to give a brief introduction of yes. who you are, what you do? Uh, I am a political consultant and writer. I wrote a book called They're Not Listening, How the Elites Created the National Populist Revolution about national populism. I write about this a lot. I have a uh Substack newsletter called uh, the National Populist Newsletter. Every week, uh, I come out with all the news for national populist candidates, political parties, opinion uh, politicians. Are you, and uh, are you a national populist? I branded it, so yeah, <laughs> I guess so. But I but I do this a newsletter every week, and basically all the news from all around the world with these people. And then I do deep dives into elections and and issues and demographics, and then I do an essay. So you subscribe to the newsletter on Substack or get cool. the book, and I do camp- campaigns for. My bread and butter. So wow, yeah. Ian Crossland over here from IanCrossland.net. Did you say that the the that the elites basically created national populism? Yeah. So like my whole philosophy is like one of the book. So basically, you know, everyone who hated Trump made him. Everyone mm-hmm. from like the Bushes to the Clintons, all their policies from immigration to trade to war. They they you know if you look at polling about immigration. For 50 years, Americans wanted less immigration. They got more of it. They didn't want to sit there and go into Iraq. They didn't want to sit there and stay in Afghanistan. And they were just and in you know H. W. Bush ran saying, "I'm not going to do what Reagan did. I'm going to break down military and and not be involved in the world." He was defeated by Clinton, who said the same thing. Who was defeated by who was replaced then by Bush, who promised a humble foreign policy. He was replaced by Obama, who promised a peaceful foreign policy. And it was 25 years of Americans voting for the guy who said, "I'm not going to be involved in wars anymore." And they got more wars. Um, Issues like that, immigration, the degeneration of the West, opening to China, all those people who sat there and said, no, this is going to be what's going to be mass prosperity and you're going to love it, you know, middle America. And they got screwed over. And decades before, decades before, you know, it happened with Trump, we Orban came to power in Hungary. We had the uh, de- uh, p- parties in Denmark. Parties in South America, parties in Africa, all these political parties were happening across the entire world, and they were going unnoticed. When Brexit and Trump happened, they were like, wow, this is incredible. Where, where did this come out from? No, it's been happening everywhere. You just ignored it. And that's how the elites created and it created it, by the way, across the entire globe. Right on. Well, we'll get into all that stuff. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm also in the corner. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. It's going to be fun and funny, and we'll yeah. learn a lot. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and click the Members Only button to become a member, and you will get access to the Members Only area, where we will have an exclusive segment coming up after the show, just for all of you special members. We have set this up in the event that uh, we get banned, but more importantly, because we want to grow and expand, produce more content. So, of course, we have a new show. We have the vlog, which is, uh, uh, we're only into our fifth episode, but the goal is to eventually get a daily vlog set up. You can find that on the website as well. And then, as you know, we've talked about the Paranormal Podcast. We're going to do a bunch of other shows. 
We're actually in the process of setting up a sitcom. A whole bunch of really awesome stuff over at TimCast.com. So sign up. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Really uh, copy that URL to this page. Post it on your Facebook or Twitter. It's the most powerful thing you can do to help get the word out and help, uh, you know, just have people learn about what's going on maybe outside of their bubble. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, give us a good review. Let's talk about this first story. And I got to tell you, my friends, boy, am I just over all of this. But I think it's important news. So sometimes the news can be boring. I'm not so much so sure that this is boring. I think it's going to heat up a lot of people, get them really angry. But I'm just, I don't know how many times I can hear a story about, you know, cop-involved shooting, Black Lives Matter is angry, demanding reform. Even after Black Lives Matter has actually won on all of these different cases, they just keep going. They don't stop. There's no there's no end in sight. So here's the story from ABC News. They say no charges for deputies in Andrew Brown Jr. shooting. District attorney said the officers were justified in using deadly force, according to the DA. Elizabeth City, North Carolina, DA Andrew Womble, Womble said at a news conference Tuesday morning that the three deputies who opened fire on Brown, a father of seven, were justified in their use of deadly force because Brown drove his vehicle toward them and allegedly made contact with one deputy twice before officers fired their weapons. Womble said he made his decision based on the results of an investigation by the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation. Quote, Mr. Brown's death, while tragic, was justified because Mr. Brown's actions caused three deputies with the Poscatank County Sheriff's Office to reasonably believe it was necessary to use deadly force to protect themselves and others. Attorneys for Brown's family released a statement Tuesday afternoon calling Womble's decision an attempt to whitewash this unjustified killing and requested the U.S. Department of Justice intervene immediately. I don't know how much you want to bet that they will intervene immediately. Uh, you know, if it was seen, if, if, if it, I mean, he was fleeing from the scene of a crime, right? And there is a, and you can clearly see in the video the cop jumping out of the way. Yeah. Cause well, he's not jumping, to, but he like spins he was, out of the way. He was looking like he was going to run over the cop. Yeah. I don't know if the Department of Justice, I mean, I don't know, you never know with this, with this Department of Justice, but I don't know if it, they're going to sit there and say, this is the case we're going to, you know, fall on the blade for. It was like that cop who shot that 13 year old, 14 year old black girl who was wielding a knife yeah, about to stab another one, sit there and say, no, this is, you know, she hadn't, you know, she was in, I guess, foster care and her mother's like, she was a perfect child. I'm like, you didn't even have custody of her. I don't know what you're talking about. But she was wielding a knife at the time. When you're in the process of committing a crime and you're stopped in the committing a crime, it's really hard to sit there and justify it. It's not. Right. Everything is not George Floyd. In this in this case, out of uh, Elizabeth City, we've already got people protesting. At least I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the, these, are, these are photos of protests coming out of Elizabeth City, uh, North Carolina. And I've heard already some of the audio and people are chanting, hands up, don't shoot. Which is a lie it's a, <laughs> it's a lie it's a lie so i want to it just it's it's a lot like brown did not and he never said that and it was people like um who's the woman from the view uh sunny hostin oh, no, yeah, sunny yeah. hostin mm-hmm. who was on cnn who perpetuated that lie and it's 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 its own its own myth right now yeah that's like it is bizarre how this like is continuing but we he, we bring the facts here on timcast irl so i right. pulled up everyone's favorite source wikipedia <laughs> which says the united states department of justice investigation found the hands up claim was inconsistent with the physical and forensic evidence and the witness testimony surrounding the brown shooting they are still chanting hands up don't shoot hmm. that's why i'm like i am kind of over this but what do you do when when they're not, and they want to throw a brick through your window or burn down your well, it's house. it's a mob. 
It's a mob mentality, and you can't reason with a mob mentality. You can't. You can't sit there. Facts will never, ever perpetuate that, and you just have to sit there. I mean, let them protest, let them chant, whatever, but if they get violent, you just have to completely squash it. Like, and, you can't allow this to fester. But here, here's the other issue, too, because, you know, we, we, we talked about this the other day with, like, gun control. I'm sure we'll get into it again. When a bunch of people believe a bunch of fake BS, yeah. and they're believing it because of protests— and I'm totally, I'm not disparaging the protests. I'm just saying there is a spread of misinformation that results in laws which just make everything worse. Notably in Brooklyn Center, Minneapolis, I'm sorry, Minnesota, just north of Minneapolis, basically a part of Minneapolis. They're now going to have unarmed civilian traffic stops. Oh, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be great, right? It's like that's defunding police. So now you got a bunch of untrained rookies running around as if that will make things better. Then it gets worse, and they say, see, look, this proves it. It's like, no, you – it's like someone, like, breaking something and then, cl- like, complaining about it not working but when because, they're the ones who broke but it. But because you sit there and we have been trained, basically, to say if you have an emotional – if you're emotionally disturbed by something, it's really – you're in the right because you have a lived experience so therefore it must be true um there's this great guy on twitter um greenberg he's a sociologist he's a, some kind of sociologist or so, uh, whatever zach? It, uh zach, yeah. zach goldberg, zach goldberg. Yeah, that's yeah, it yeah. okay some kind there of jewish go. name he's great yes fantastic <laughs> yeah. but Love he did he did data on more black americans today feel like there's discrimination than did in 1965 <laughs> and that is wow. and actually the number of even though the number of black men in prison is down substantially um, by huge numbers, I think by 30 or 40 percent. The number and, and arrests of black men are actually down. The number of black men who report being harassed by the cops or being arrested or being targeted is up. So we by sitting there and saying, repeating constantly, you are you are a target. You are, it is like creating a kind of some, some kind of social condition in our country. I, I watched this hilarious video where an ATF guy He's serving some kind of war. I don't know what he's doing. He goes to this woman's house because she bought a shotgun and he wants he, he's a white guy and he wants to check up on this shotgun purchase. Well, the lady is sees a guy in plain clothes banging on her door and screaming, you know, like yelling, let me in. So she calls the police and says, I don't know who this guy is. The cops show up and they tell the guy not to move. Well, this guy's an ATF agent, so he's like, yeah, it's fine. I got my they see the gun. and They're like they pull out their guns. Don't move. Get on the ground. And they're screaming at him. And this guy resists. He says, just let me get my ID. I'm a federal agent for, for heaven's sake. And they're like, shut up. Stop resisting. The cops are yelling, stop resisting. They try putting him in an SUV and he's using his head to stop them from getting in just like George Floyd did. And I'm like, how amazing is it? That this white ATF agent is being treated the same as we've seen many of these other videos where they're claiming it's racist. If you resist the police, you're going to make everything substantially worse. Even if the cops are wrong, and they often are, a cop will stop you, you'll be the wrong person. This guy's an ATF agent. The cops are stopping him, they were wrong. But if that ATF guy immediately put his hands up and they said, what are you doing? He says, I'm an ATF agent serving papers. You got your ID? Yes, sir, yes, sir I do. It's in my back pocket. You can go ahead and take it. They'd be like, all right, you're good. Instead, he starts yelling at him. He reaches for his waist. Ah. Don't 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 cause problems with cops who don't know what's happening. This this is this is the big issue. I just want to make this one more point. Everyone assumes when a cop shows up, he's psychic, he's omniscient, omnipresent, and they're like, "I called the police. The cops going to show up and just know everything." Cop shows up in the Makai Bryant case. He has no idea who called, no idea what's going on. He just sees people fighting. Somebody pulls a knife back and he goes, "No!" And he tries just to just a somebody. girl screaming, "I'm going to." 
bleeping stab you and while waving <laughs> a knife and he's going to sit there and say no it's a butter knife it, you know it wouldn't make that big of a uh, of a difference it's and then and the ironic thing was a 13 year old girl was murdered by a knife attack by another 13 year old right, girl like right. the following day wow. yeah. and i just wonder why those parents never spoke up and said like i wish we had an officer no, or no, that girl they, who they, survived they don't want the cops and i respect that mm-hmm. i do you will respect that they don't want the cops to save their daughter who's being stabbed to death. Or the girl who yes. survives in there and saying, I'm thankful he showed up. No, no, no. If someone says, I'm thankful the cops saved my life, I respect that. And if someone says, we do not want police in our neighborhood, I say, okay. But I'm sure that they pro- – maybe they didn't, but I doubt if your daughter is dead, you don't sit, you sit there and say – and actually, when they do polling, most most people do want cops in their neighborhood. They do. That's true. That, so I doubt But that- if they're not going to defend the police, if they're not going to stand up for them while they're being defunded and stripped and abolished and all that stuff, then I don't think they really Yeah, but you know, it. here's the problem. It's that, it's that minorities vote for the Democratic Party, which is controlled by white liberals, who institute their beliefs that they have perpetuated on minorities who don't actually get to govern themselves in many different ways. So that's exactly that's – that's the sick cycle that's happening in most of these cities. Did we got this guy Ben Crump. You know, he's 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 this this lawyer who goes to each and every one of these events and tries to pump them up and make them high profile. So uh, I actually just did a a hit on Fox News talking about masks and stuff. But while they got me sitting, they have these really cool things. There's these vans. Mm-hmm. The van pulls up to the house and you open the door and it's like a studio. So people see me on TV and they think I'm in like a building. I'm in a van, yeah. in a parking lot. It's crazy. <laughs> that happens to me in New York too. And I yeah. always think I'm like, I'm gonna get, my van's gonna get towed while I'm on air, <laughs> and it'll be the most viral thing I ever well, do. So, I'll be yeah. flying back in my chair as my van's being towed away. So anyway, but it's their van. It's their, it's their van with their camera and their setup. But uh, at the beginning of the show, they were talking about Ben Crump and how he once represented a family when a when a 13 year old, I think it was a, a young woman, was killed because the story was that it was, she was killed by a white man. Then once he found out it was a black man. He just leaves. He's, just, he's like, I'm out. Oh, we don't want to do that. So I, I bring this up because right now this guy's out. You know, he goes out into North Carolina where this is going down. And he shows these 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 big cards where it's got like a human body. And then he like draws the bullet holes like he did with he – did, he did the same thing with Michael Brown. And he, he he's out there pushing this this narrative. And I'm kind of losing my train of thought on this one. About how he's he's perpetuating these crimes and to advance himself basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's all about making money, showing up. Getting into the heat of the moment, claiming something happened, but you don't see this guy showing up in New York City when this one, this woman walked, a black woman walked up to another black woman, put a bullet in her head. Yeah. He didn't show up with this card and draw a picture of where the bullet well, was. He didn't care at all. But here, here's, here's my point. I made, I made this point before, but just in reference to they don't want cops. Did Black Lives Matter protest for this woman? No. no. Did anyone say we should have more police to help protect us? No, not publicly. Are there any high profile Democrats coming out and saying we must stop this violence? No. Because they don't care. And if they don't care, I don't care either. I, and if I'm they want to sure live that, that way, the, I'm fine with it because I don't I'm, live there. I'm sure the individual families of the neighbor care. That but there is a whole entire system to build up these stories that the media jumps on, that then activists jump on, that money gets involved in. But this all changed like with the Al Sharpton boomer generation because what used to happen with ethnic politics in cities, in major cities like in New York, is that – there were constituencies, Irish, Italian, black, whatever, and they would demand certain things for the whole community, money for the St. Patty's Day Parade, money in the, you know, this project or the, whatever the case is, and the whole community would benefit. And then people like Al Sharpton said, no, give me a million dollar contract as your spokesperson. I will do better representing the community, but the community itself will not advance. And that has been the model ever since is that the spokesman does well while the community suffers as opposed to old school 
politicians from 60, 70 years ago where they would throw, you know, $100,000 so the community could have a parade or whatever the case may be, or school or whatnot. Now it's just let's advance a spokesman and make them enormously wealthy. And then what happens after this guy leaves? I'm this sure a whole lot of nothing. Well, it, it, they probably leave the neighborhoods destroyed, yeah. struggling to recover. Yeah. And this guy gets millions of dollars. Remember that from- girl, that woman in, in Minneapolis who was like in tears because she had nowhere to buy her daughter's medicine because the only CVS was burnt down in like you, – yeah, they, of course they don't care. But that's, that, is, that is so typical of wealthy people with working class people. Is that? Oh yeah! It's, Isn't it's, it funny? It, no, it's it is so typical of all types of working class people, um, but it's especially perpetrated on the poorest who will who are stuck the, there. The right today sounds functionally more left in many ways than leftists. I <laughs> know hey, it's true because I, I see leftists and they're like redistribute wealth, and I'm like that in no way helps the workers support themselves. Like it's just. Did you see that empty that, that child actor? I forget his name now. He Schroeder. Schroeder. He was yelling at the at the at the guy at Costco for making him wear a mask. Oh yeah, Aaron. Uh, whatever his name Aaron. is. The and that is what the left does though. It's like, hey, let's punch at the people who we have some kind of power over because they're never because there is like a dynamic dy- uh, dynamic thing going on between the billionaires, the wealthy, the the companies that sponsor all their events, it's, they, they make them wealthy, they will never actually target Tim Cook for displacing American workers with the H-1B visa system, but they will always punch the guy that they feel D- superior towards. During Occupy Wall Street, they put up a shrine to Steve Jobs. That is so Now, funny. when I say they, I'm not saying it was like an org, like everyone came and voted to do it. Activists at Occupy Wall Street created a shrine around a tree for that's Steve Jobs. A, that is, that's, that is... That's perfect. I mean, that is, and that is what they maybe believe it was. In. Maybe it was the one libertarian or like ANCAP guy who was, who was chilling <laughs> there, and he's like, "I love this stuff." And he's like reading Atlas Shrugged or something. <laughs> did did anyone? Did anyone like tear it down? Or no, I guess, no, 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 they had candles, and like people were like, "Yes." Yeah, did he just cool. die? It, yeah, I think he died around that time. Oh, okay. Well, it still doesn't make any sense, but like, yeah. The, yeah, but that's perfect. That's a perfect example because you want to – I mean, but they depend on those organizations. How much money did BLM get from these billionaires who wanted to feel good and they want to sit there and write their uh, – you know, back a thousand years ago in the Catholic Church, you'd write you know, your check to sit there and get your sins washed away. They get their white privilege washed away. They yeah. do the entire performative art program. A few people got very, very wealthy over this – system didn't change at all and we're still going to take an h1b visa worker over training you know a black person from south side chicago or I, I, chicago, just, I just love this i just pulled it up just to be sure october 5th 2011 is when steve jobs died and when was occupy the, was, was september 17th 2011 okay so he just 16th. okay so he just died so yeah. like it's october and i remember seeing the shrine set up and i'm just like how amazing you know steve jobs is one of the most ruthless businessmen this this planet has ever seen just amazing how callous and nasty he was. The stories of him screaming at people, ripping off ideas, and the people that occupy Wall Street are like, this guy's cool, man. Put a little <laughs> thing. I'm like, yeah, there you go. And who had a massive inequality from his workers. Oh, definitely. My massive inequality. But, the, but the, you know, listen, if that's what you're sit there and you, because Apple's the thing to do and it's part of their identity program, and these were a lot of the Occupy Wall Street were wealthy kids from trust fund families who needed an identity. The ones organizing it were. Yeah. I know them yeah. personally. Yeah. And they, they, they didn't, they did not go home to sit there and and you know have to struggle being a blue collar worker. Afterwards. Well, this is the funniest thing about Occupy is that you had a bunch of people sleeping in the park with no voice, being told to shut up, and then the people organizing it went home to Brooklyn to their apartments, <laughs> were paid for the by their parents. parents. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they would steal stuff, and and when donations would come in, take it and be like, "But I need this. It's it's better that I take it than you know other people." And they would hoard stuff. And really, yeah, it was so crooked the mm-hmm. whole thing. I just I just love the idea. 
that in like 20 years there'll be all these books from the activists about what really happened. Well, there'll be university professors by then. Right. And they'll, they'll be, be like, I was there and I'll tell you what happened. And they will lie out of their asses about what really went down at Occupy Wall Street. It was crooked. It was so crooked. But that's what's happened with BLM. The woman has like five homes yes. now. You're right. I mean, she's got five homes now. She's not housing any, you know, well, homeless people with uh, mental health problems who are homeless in Washington, D.C. Well, she's, she's just, uh, she is collecting houses so that she can at some point distribute them sure, yeah. among the <laughs> Her working. and Bernie Sanders. I mean, yeah. they got like, you know, one day all these houses will be available for people. But it's... It, can, I, can I just point something out? Like, yeah. people need to understand Bernie, he's got what, three houses? Three. And but, this lady's got five? Yes. It is, Im- it is It is. insane to think you can maintain. You need staff for this. Like, I, don't, I wonder if people actually think about... One of Bernie's homes was inherited by his, like, wife's family. Right. But the other one is... It's a vacation home. It's bought. a vacation home on the water, in the river, in Vermont, which is just, a million-dollar home. Well, pe- people need to understand this, especially when it pertains to, like, homelessness and stuff. You can't just have a house sitting empty. You can't. There's got to be upkeep. What happens if you if you if you if this lady's got like five houses, right? What happens if uh, pipe bursts? Yeah. Oh. Does, does, does the house just flood, flood out and destroy? Yeah. Someone's got to be maintaining it. There's got to be. She, Someone so, mows so, the grass. Someone probably dusts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. There's, there's got to have people maintaining the stuff. It costs money to maintain these buildings. And they're probably what? also not black or employed. I mean, imagine if she sits there and hired like. You know, a Hispanic illegal alien to sit there and maintain it instead of at least employing a black person to do a job. That would be the, I guess, the bare minimum you sit there I'll, and I'll do. T- I, I don't care so much about the race, but how much you want to bet she is employing undocumented or oh yeah, absolutely, and not and, and that is the hypocrisy of all these organizations that sit there and and do everything they can to displace American labor because it's quote unquote expensive, while and get foreign labor as fast as they can, and they're the first ones to sit there and say there's mass inequality. Well, who is creating? It is like it is. This is a. Uh, quote from the book Cold Mountain, but it's like being in control of the weather and standing inside the rain and saying it's raining. Mm. Yeah, of course. No, no, you know, yeah. I can't no curse, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> well, let, let, let's talk about the political ramifications because we got this Philly DA race. Yes, it I, is. I, I've heard about it, but you were saying something crazy. So it's Larry Cr- Krasner is his name. He is the district attorney. He was a former def- uh, defense attorney and a, pro- a public defense attorney. And he was a source back candidate. He was soft on crime. He did not. Um, he didn't charge a series of crimes during the BLM ri- riots, including like you know breaking into windows, destroying public property, destroying private property. Ne- didn't prosecute anything. And now he's being uh, primary by getting Carlos Vega, who is a um, prosecutor. Uh, he's a career prosecutor. He's Puerto Rican descent. Um, and he is being challenged, uh, in the district. And if this happens, it will be the first Soros backed candidate to lose after being elected. But there's been a huge surge of murder in Philadelphia. Like it is. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we, we don't. We didn't only get 90s like television shows in last year. We got 90s crime rates in last year. And this is definitely one of them. And look at Philadelphia. I mean, these people, they have to live with it and they have to deal with it. So, I mean, I, this is, this is what's and it's been, a Democratic primary, by the way. So there's no Republicans right. at all. It's just Democrats. This is what's been happening across the, uh, across the country. The cops will arrest one of these extremists who are burning things down or smashing things or punching cops. And then the Soros backed DAs or these leftist DAs will just be like, there's no crime here. I didn't see anything. And then you get somebody who like didn't wear a mask at a at a Burger King and they you know, <laughs> prison like banging the gavel. They and start screaming. beating them like yeah no in public no and that's and but they go after the ones who don't who who can't fight 
I mean, that's the thing. And they don't want to sit there and they don't, and they want to pretend that they are, that they're, you know, protecting these people. But in the meantime, you're having this lady, you know, who doesn't have a CVS now to get her insulin from or whatever mm-hmm. drug she was getting. And that's the problem going on, you know, and you're making life much worse for the people you are pro- uh, promising to protect. So I don't know what the, I'm trying, I was trying to see if, if the election was happening right now. I think the vote, think tallies, vote tallies are coming in yeah. about yeah. now, but I don't know, you know, yeah, yeah. it's probably too early, but it'll be interesting to see if, if Krasner goes down because there's dozens of, there's one in LA, there's one in uh, there's Kim no, Fox. Kim, yeah. Wasn't she back in, in Chicago? Yeah, right? And she, and she let Jesse Smollett go. Yes, yes. Talk about Talk about she's a, a woman of the people because if there's anyone who's really suffering in this life, it's Jesse Smollett. That was the most insane story I, th- I think I've ever heard. And you had, wow. He's at, it's, it's what was it, like 20 degrees in Chicago? No, it was like... It, like in the single digits <laughs> and there's these two white guys waiting outside wait, wait, wait. he's at job. subway it's subway sandwiches he, he's uh-huh. by he's by uh the nbc building downtown chicago which is like a business area and there's like very few people and by the way, wait can i say he is a actor from the show empire which no white people watched like i mean no white people watch the show empire i would never i did not hear I just, about i never heard of him until I, I saw this i loved the joke where they were like Yes, the two Trump supporters who are familiar with the D-list actor from the show, <laughs> the show Empire. Empire. Right? Like, yeah, I'm like, there's zero chance. I was like, this isn't this isn't real, right? Why? And, it's amazing to me how dumb some of these people are that he couldn't come up with a better story where he could have just said a car drove by and a guy yelled, "This is MAGA country," and threw a bottle at him, you yeah. know, and then he called the cops. That's, he sat in his apartment with the noose around his <laughs> neck like, for like a half an hour until they showed up. He just sat there with the noose around his neck. I mean, that doesn't raise a flag. I don't know. I, yeah, I've the never, cops were clearly. I have like, never had a noose put around my neck, but I bet you if I did, I wouldn't sit there with, wow. I don't even like wearing my tie, like for one more second than I have to. You wanted to make sure the cops came in. Exactly. And the body and, like, yeah, I'm just going to sit there and, and you I, know, you know, what, you know what I really loved was that like, apparently there was footage of him with the brothers, like walking up to the area, like the day before or something and like pointing shot. at it or like, <laughs> this is where we're going to do it. Exactly. And sitting there and saying, Oh, you know, in eight degree weather, these and, and saying in, 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 Full seriousness, he believed that no, everyone would just believe him 100%. But they did. No, I mean, no, most people did not believe him. When you get the, was it the Big Bang Theory or whatever, like some show, they all like, he doesn't have a career nowadays. Well, that's because he got, he got caught. Caught, Yeah. But at the time, you had all these photos coming out. You had, remember when, uh, uh, um, the the actor we'll just call the the actor Paige so to I'll, I'll avoid offending anybody that that the person who played uh, um, Shadow Cat in X Men yes. okay uh, when, uh, oh uh, yeah yeah Paige yeah well yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to avoid being offensive to literally anybody so we'll just former say Paige. artist formerly known as Ellen Page there we go yeah. I think that still yeah. might be disrespectful no. but uh, well, she was uh, he was formerly known as Ellen Page all right technically well uh, Paige was on what like was it wh- 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 whose show was it uh, just like really angrily being like uh, and like yelling about what happened. Man, imagine being one of these people right now where they're like, you know, the CDC is just very, you know, droll. You can take off your masks now. And then you're like, (laughs) no, my identity. (laughs) Just like a lack of self. Yeah. So you have these people who go on TV after the Justice Smollett thing who are just like screaming and like shaking. 
just believing the world is this insane place. Well, if you're not, not. If, if you're not an interesting person, and most people are not interesting, and no offense to them, but they're not interesting, and you need to wrap yourself in identity. Usually, uh, you know, generation two ago, you either had kids by by your early thirties, or you were married, or you had a career you were building, and that was kind of your whole identity. Maybe you belonged to a civic association of some sort, like I don't know, some kind of bowling league, whatever the case would be. That was your identity, and it was wrapped in actually doing something. Now, if you're like a thirty-five year old person, and you're either you know in your mom's basement still because you can't get a job or you're a single woman and you have 15 degrees you know and, and you can't get a job or whatever you of course you wrap yourself in a bigger identity it's how you make yourself interesting in some way you know you know you know i wonder it kind of feels like we're all in this pot and it's being sh- you know shaken up really hard and like people like us are just sitting in the corner just like yeah i get it yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> but there are some people where every change is making their heads like they're, they're stressed like the blood pressure on these like activists. well uh, there is some mentally ill people on this in oh the, like, yeah yeah for mental sure. illness mostly and lib- on the left on the left oh yeah the study is done with it and yeah um Goldberg said that was Gold- yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah and there is a lot of mental illness on the left and it's probably self induced at some point I mean I don't know but there's probably some what, what, I, what I mean is I feel like you've got the you know Fauci for instance. And he's like, you, you don't gotta wear masks. No, you don't, it's the, you know, you might protect you from a droplet. And then everyone listens. And then a month later, he's like, you definitely gotta wear masks. If these people are playing Simon Says with this guy. So I'm sitting back just like, uh huh. What's, <laughs> what's the next thing? And it was, um, who was the guy on, uh, uh, on Rogan? Was it, uh, Bill Burr? Yeah, mm-hmm. where he was like, I just turn on the TV and it says, "Do I wear a mask or not?" I just do what the TV says. Sounds like Bill Burr, yeah. Uh, was that Bill Burr? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. that sounds that like Bill. And uh, yeah. uh, that's what he said. And I'm like, these people are playing Simon Says with this guy. If you're if you're in whatever bubble, wherever world we're in, I'm sitting here like this, like, oh, is that the rule now? Is that is that what we're doing? I'm just gonna mind my own business. It's flipped and changed too much. I'm chilling. But imagine you are one of these people, and they tell you wear a mask. First, they say don't wear a mask. Then they say wear a mask. Then they say, oh, oh, no, the vaccine will never get done. Oh, no, no, the vaccine's done. Oh, 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 now, now, even if you get the vaccine, you got to wear a mask. Oh, 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 for, for no apparent reason, you cannot take the mask off. These people are like being flipped like pancakes over and over again. Yeah. And they're probably at some point, like their blood pressure must be through the roof because all they know is I trust the authorities. I trust the elites. I trust the establishment, but they keep getting like, I, I, like I'm saying, I don't know it's how, Simon Says with Fauci. I, I don't know how much of it is like I hate Trump and I want to show how great I am at hating Republicans and conservatives so I'm going to still wear my mask and how much of it is I genuinely fear for my health. Because there are those people who have genuine like paranoia fear and this is all like coming out and how much of it is like this is no, this isn't part of my identity. I wear a mask. Like David Hogg who's like I'm going to wear a mask. Because I don't want to be a conservative. Because I don't want to be a conservative so I'm going to sit there and just, you know. And it's I'm, ju- I'm just saying it's also point, not healthy for you to wear a mask all the time. Like you can't, like can't, no, that get can't. dirty. Yeah, you yeah, can't. Filthy, filthy. That but but can't I'm, be good. I'm wondering at what point do these people just drop to their knees and like their eyes go out opposite direction? They go, ah, because you cannot follow no rules. You know what I mean? Like, so the woke left will say women is offensive because not inclusive. So you got to say Wimixin, but Wimixin is offensive because it changes women and now it's exclusive. How do you live in a world where there's no rules? If you do not have mental fortitude. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Your brain is probably going to explode at some point. Yeah. You You're going to fall down and just scream. In combat especially, people lose their mind. They panic. They fall down. They can't. They can't shoot. They're just laying there. You have to force them down on the ground. I was talking to Forrest about this a little bit yesterday as an Army Ranger for a while. Like, you just you just push them down on the ground and continue to do your job without them. Don't pay them attention. They're screaming. They're loud. Unfortunately, these people have access to social media and are making a big, loud noise. It's and they run the law. institutions, too. Yeah. Huh. And when laws get made after because of panic, that's disturbing. That's really disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, And that's but that's when they use it. See, here's my frustration with the right after COVID. COVID was like – the problem with the right is, like, we do things like we complain about public education for 45 years saying it's a horrible, horrible institution with lots of fallacies, which it is. It's true. And then they shut down every school in the country, and our our go-to knee-jerk reaction is, let's open up the public schools again. <laughs> the thing we've hated for 45 years. No, let's go right back to that. It's not like, yeah. hey, maybe we could, like, you know, give every parent a certain amount of money if they want to homeschool or send their kid to a private yes. school or a religious school, whatever the case is, and we'll massively change our education. This will be a, a, the opportunity. This was the crisis we'll use to fundamentally alter education. Did, the left always does that. The right never does did, that. Did you see that? And they're t- idiots for doing it. You see the it. tweet from the GOP where they were like, you know, thousands of mothers have chosen to stay yes. home with their kids. Yes. Oh my work. God. I was like, what is wrong with you people? I'm like, this is what we always talked about. Like, oh my God, they have a parent at home. How they've, wonderful. They've, they, they, the, the, the Overton window has gone so far left. The Republicans are outraged that more women aren't leaving their kids with in daycare and going to work. Yeah. And, and, you would think that this is the time to sit there and really restructure society. Friendly, friendly Ibrowitz, uh, who I'm a really big fan of, she was like, oh, it's so great that there's no more tourists in New York City because I hate tourists, but also the New York City economy just crashed. And uh, she's like, they're all like, we're going to get back to normal. Normal wasn't great. We could actually make things better. But the def- but if you're not a visionary person, and a lot of people on the left, I give them credit, are visionary people. They have a dream of what America is going to look like. It's not the dream I really you know <laughs> subscribe to, but it's their dream. Those on the right, they don't have you know, a vision. And I say this to politicians all the time when I consult for them. I say, tell me what – if you were going to run whatever you're running for, mayor, congress, president, whatever it is. If you're going to run whatever you're going to run for a decade, tell me what it looks like. And I don't want to hear the words free market, liberty, or freedom. I don't want to hear any buzzwords. I want you to describe to me where I can close my eyes and I can walk through a town that you want to be mayor of. And I want to see what that town would look like that is drastically different than the world I have now. And if you don't have that vision, you can't explain it to me who spends my whole life in here. You can't explain it to anybody else. To, to be fair – it's true. You know, they probably don't have a vision of what the world should look like. They just have, you know, certain, you know, platitudes. Tax cuts but, for Apple. Yeah, yeah, them, yeah. But, but the, the, the creativity or like the ideas of the left and their vision, you know, look, they, they might have a vision, but it's like hovercrafts and unicorns flying through the yeah. air. And oh, it's, it's, an, it's a crazy vision. Oh, replicators you, producing free cheeseburgers yeah, that everyone's you, fit and healthy. Yeah. <laughs> if you put LSD in your oatmeal, that's the visions you yeah. get. But that's, yeah. that, that's not like that's, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have an alternative aside from, oh, we'll just make enough tax cuts that the world will be better. There is something in between. There is a vision of education is really important. A lot of people care about it and we've complained for a half a century about it and we shut down 
every public school in the country, and we thought of no alternatives besides open up every public school in the country back up. That's problematic. That shows you yeah. don't have. That means a serious lack of vision and leadership. I was I was excited when the schools got all got shut down. Oh, these schools so. are trash, and I was like, <laughs> homeschool your kids. These pods things. That sounds great. You yeah, know? where that that like you get one parent to like watch the forty kids or whatever, and then they trade off. And yes, stuff. that's illegal in some states and some communities, and that should be the number one thing people should campaign on, making sure that if you have a a former math teacher on your block. And she is not allowed to sit there and bring all the kids from the block to sit there and learn math. That's horrible. And that's what I'm thinking they should have, the governor should have signed executive orders immediately and done that. But they didn't because, you know, people between the ears, they're not, they don't have a lot of things going on there. So I guess that's one of the biggest problems we have in the culture war is you've got people who are opposed to something and people who want something psychotic. Yeah. And you don't have the alternative to sit there and say, what is, what does, you know, what would benefit America that you could provide and use the government, use the power of government in some positive sense? They do this in other countries on the right. And I get that America has some attachment to the idea of, you know, liberty. And But I think that most people do want some kind of security. They do want some kind of vision from their leaders. And, you know, that's why we slowly lose every institution. They erode everything across the board. And, and and if you don't, I mean, the one thing that we kind of won on is guns, because you mentioned it. I mean, the right has won on guns, but that's because you had a group of people who were singularly focused, who had a vision. The vision was you can buy a gun without a license. And when in 1986, there was only one state in the country that had that law, which was Vermont of all places. And now it's like uh, over 18 states that have that law. Right. That You know, this, this is really crazy. I just learned this today because uh, we've got another story and we'll, we'll, we'll lead off with this real quick, but... Um there's a story out of Arkansas about a, a guy who stops a mass shooting. And I think it's really important to talk about because had there had this man not have been there, then every outlet would be like, oh, no, another tragedy, another mass shooting from a, you know, crazy, you know, far right white. But he, he, he killed, I believe, uh, uh, one person. And then a guy grabbed his rifle and stopped him. It's a horrifying, horrifying event. But I mean, in, in life, people do crazy things. This can happen. So in, in looking up the story, and I'll jump to it in a second. I looked up constitutional carry in the U.S. and the funny thing is, we the gun the gun rights advocates have been winning. Yeah, hard, yeah. Like and, and and I mean like winning, winning. Yeah. They just so got in Texas recently. They, they they have this map here and you can see it's uh, uh going through the years. Oh. In nineteen eighty six, Vermont. That's it. I mean, in nineteen eighty six, you almost couldn't get a gun anywhere. It was May issue across the country, meaning states could be like, screw you, you don't get a concealed carry permit. Now it's beyond concealed carry. It's straight up. Many states are adopting constitutional carry. So we have here, right, like, I mean, look at this. The blue that you can see on the screen is shall issue, meaning if you apply for a concealed carry, they have to give it to you. It can be kind of prohibitively bureaucratic. You're going to get it. So there's only some areas of new, of, of the, you know, of the Northeast and California and Maryland that are may issue, meaning you can apply and they can tell you to screw off. Rude. But all of most of the country now, except for New Jersey, Long Island, and Hawaii, those are no issue in practice. They call it meaning you're not getting a gun. Yeah. But in most of the country, you you can get a gun, and more importantly, all of this green. It's like constitutional carry. Yeah. You can walk in, and now Texas is about to do it. Texas yes. is about to pass constitutional carry. That means you can walk into a gun shop. You do a background check. A lot of I guess these Democrat people don't understand. You have to do a background check. Sometimes they tell you, come back in a week. Sorry. Sometimes they say, uh, you're being researched. It'll take 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes they say they've cleared you. But after your background check is done, they you can buy your gun. And then in these constitutional carry states, you can walk out the door with it. Yeah, Tennessee as well. They're doing the same thing. 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they, a, they, they are now. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, it's brought across the country, and that's because they had – I mean, the NRA was part of it, but Gun Owners of America, and these organizations and the activists had one vision, and it was, I'm going to buy, be able to buy a gun wherever I want to, and they have been successful. It is – you know, not every vision is this grand scheme, but that, the right had that on, on guns, and they don't have it on a large skew of things. And so I'll tell you one of, one of the visions that uh, I've certainly been having over the past year. This is a story from BearingArms.com. Armed citizen uses rifle to stop attempted mass shooting. Now, for the most part, I told everyone the story already. They say it was an 87-year-old woman. There was a guy who was yelling at people, get out here, come out here. Everyone got out of the building right now. When an older woman went out to, uh, two women went out to console him, they saw that he had a weapon, they fled. He went into the apartments of one of the women and he took her life. At some point, there was a neighbor who grabbed a rifle of his own and fatally shot the, the killer. The police haven't re- released many details of the incident. We don't know yet what motivated Arnold to kill his elderly neighbor. It's clear that as a resident, Amber Lane told local media, there could have been many more victims were it not for the quick response by the armed citizen. Here's what happens. The Democrat types, and I say this specifically because leftists, like actual socialists, they love guns. They want guns. They want a revolution. So they advocate for guns. Karl Marx said, keep your guns. So these Democrat establishment types, these elites are like, no one should have guns but the police. Oh, by the way, defund the police. Sure, whatever. I digress. They, they want to take away the weapons from the people. Then a criminal will get a gun, commit a mass tragedy, and they'll say, see, this is exactly why we're saying take away your guns. They'll make gun laws more restrictive, which will make the problem continually mm-hmm. worse and keep using the problem they created to justify making the problem worse. So in my vision, people have a right to keep and bear arms. And when unfortunate situations happen, people have a right to defend themselves. That's what I see. A Department of Gun Services, where when you turn 16, you go in, you fill out the paperwork, they bring you to the range, you do a standard shooting test, and then you get your free government-issued AR or handgun. <laughs> I'm somewhat kidding, but the point is I'm saying I think people should be uh, trained, should understand gun safety from a young age, and should keep in bear arms. Don't they do that in Switzerland? Like, you have to have a gun in the household they, or something They like say that? that, and we talked about that yesterday. I'm not sure how true that is. Okay. It's like, I think it's, a, I think it's an urban legend okay. that's partially true. So, yeah. Yeah, in Switzerland, I don't think it is required, but it is very commonly accepted that you will be practiced in shooting. Young people do it. They used to have, like, a boys' shooting club. Obviously, now they take girls and everything, but they train them. They teach them to use it as a tool. This is something that I was arguing about. It's like, this is something that you need to respect, but it also needs to be culturally accepted that you're going to have a gun. It shouldn't be weird. They did it after World War II, right? Or during World War II, so they armed everybody, so if the Nazis ever invaded, everyone had a firearm. I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm wrong but and and, right. and and i know people who listen to this show are going to be like oh tim's bringing up the same argument again but uh because you have you maybe have not heard it my argument is like you know people drive cars and i don't think they're going to hit me with their car sometimes people hit people with cars sometimes on purpose but uh i feel totally comfortable with everybody being armed so long as they understand actually i feel much safer with them understanding gun safety and having a weapon. well look how many people actually have guns and look how relatively few murders there are. And look, I mean, I mean, people have cars and relatively, you know, minor accidents there are. But people are on their smartphones, like, playing a video game, texting while walking across the street. It is amazing that there aren't, like, thousands of bodies scattered across <laughs> the street. But it does happen. Like, people generally are, you know, and there are some people who are off their rock or, like, the Vegas shooter or whoever who, like, want to commit horrible acts. Well, we don't know enough about that guy, actually. So uh, Okay, that's... so whatever. The yeah. Columbine kids. Whatever the case is, there are people who do want to create terrible situations and um and they do exist but they're always going to exist i mean that, that crazy that, people will do crazy things yeah the argument, the argument from the left is that 
because there is a small fraction of crazy people, the overwhelming majority, 99.999, shouldn't be allowed suffer. to defend yeah. themselves. That yeah. makes no sense. Do you, know who the le- worse. do you know who the lieutenant governor of North Carolina is? Have you heard of this guy? He's no. a, a Robinson is his last name. I can't remember his first name. He gave a speech. They were trying to do gun control in his local county, and he gave a speech. It went viral. Mark based, Robinson. Mark Robinson saying that, you know, your your criticisms of of people committing crimes always how do we hurt the law how we how do we hurt the people you know abiding by the law he's a big black man rural place has a big rural accent and uh great 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 man and he's like i am the majority because the majority are law-abiding gun owners not the, i'm not a minority and this is the problem is you say how do i hurt the majority immediately not not ever go after the minority none of these things these laws they propose hurts the criminals yeah it's it's just like well, we're going to make it worse for people who actually obey the law. Yeah, and until we end up with like the minority part where you can sit there and go into the future, it's not going to it's not going to change. A, a good point that was brought up by our guest yesterday, Forrest Cooper, was that suppressors, for instance, make firing rifles safer. Those get banned because people have no idea what they're talking mm-hmm. about, or they they get restricted under the NFA. Yeah, and the problem is with the media is, and I worked I used to work at the Washington Examiner, you know, many a few years ago, like five years ago, and. Um, most people, and that was the right wing media, most people don't own guns in the media, especially like New York media, DC media. Yeah. They don't own guns. They never fire them. Wasn't like the Washington Post who had a picture of like a chainsaw attached to a machine gun? Or I think what? it was USA Today. It was, today. It was a, like literally a chainsaw Amazing. next to like an, an chainsaw AK. Bayonet. Yeah, it was, a, <laughs> it was the most insane thing ever. Like clearly a, a weapon that would never ever work. It was like a Star Wars. And this was a serious like conversation of, of possibly deadly weapons that they, you know, people could have. We got it. We got it. We got it. Look at this. November November 8th, 2017, USA Today issues clarification after depicting rifle with a chainsaw bayonet. <laughs> oh, my god! I got to say, I'm just – I love this, the guy. <laughs> I can't remember which news outlet he, he worked for. Maybe it was Washington Post. He said firing an AR-15 gave him a temporary yes. form of PTSD. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Get the hell out of here. Wait, dude, um, I, could, I always say this. Imagine if the guy – Maybe if you're a bad hunting. shot, like it would be, you'd be humiliated by it, but PTSD is – I, I, as, as I've, you know, gotten more heavily involved in, you know, gun ownership, experienced firing a 12 gauge and firing an AR with five, you know, in, in five, five, six. And if this guy thinks that the, the five, five, six was, was giving, was that bad, I, and, and that's, that's the actual weapon of war, five, five, six NATO, then I couldn't imagine him going small game hunting. Yeah. He'd be like, ah, my arm, it hurts. What's happening? I actually find, I find smaller guns. I don't like handguns at all because it doesn't feel real. Like I don't feel like I feel like I'm shooting with a gun when I'm shooting a rifle. When I'm shooting a handgun, I'm like, this feels like a toy. Like I really don't. This doesn't feel safe. Like I feel like I would like accidentally blow my own head off. But like a rifle, you have some kind of command of it. And if yeah, if he had that, I mean, that's a lot. That's a that's that's a man who cries after sex. I'm just gonna (laughs) sit there and say it. There's no way he doesn't. There's like validity to. Uh, loud explosions and noises causing like long-term stress. They called it shell shock after World War One for people in the trenches. But yeah, but I think dude, as a human, you really that have was a duty artillery to, shells yeah. like coming next Bro, to you for months at a time. For months at a time, like, right? Yeah. We have a duty as humans to 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 learn how to handle large explosions. I went off. like we should just be able to deal with that. Well. I, but it's not I, like I, a car bomb went off next no. to him. It was shooting a gun once. I, I mean, mean old circumstance of. with an instructor with like safety gear on. People like. do demolition like for a living across the whole country <laughs> and never have this. Uh, the MythBusters would blow stuff up every day in, <laughs> yeah. in, in you know in the Mojave Desert for fun for a TV when show. When the whole Earth rocks when they're demolishing a giant sky rise and you're yeah. like six blocks away, that's that's bro. Wow. We we knocked down a tree. In my backyard when we were in the Philly area, mm-hmm. we had to get a tree removed because it was dying. 
and it was like had a fungus or something. And so they were like, what we're going to do is we are going to go up. They, they climb to the top. They cut chunks of the top off, then measure. And they say, okay, we're going to knock it down straight this way. And it's going to slam into the ground. The, it was like an earthquake. It was crazy. When that massive tree came down, I did not realize the like shake that you would feel was like, whoa, it was like an explosion. It was crazy. And then we had someone across the street do the same thing. And one day I'm sitting there. It's like, boom, the whole house shakes. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this guy couldn't handle firing a gun. <laughs> and there's a, there's a photo of a little girl. I yeah. love it. The, the little girl with the pink, you know, AR. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I've been to a bunch of different places around the, around the world with civil unrest and conflict. And I've been in a bunch of riots. And there was one point where I was in New York. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I was walking down Broadway in Brooklyn and a car backfired and then I immediately got an adrenaline rush. It was like, whoa. Because I was so used to being on the ground in these conflict situations that when the bang went off, it was like, that's when you are like in action mode. And then I was like kind of laughing at myself. I was like, wow, man. It's like, I got to chill out, I guess, because I'm getting Yeah, but sick. like, I mean, there are people who like live in like Syria during the revolution and like they undergo horrible things on a daily basis and they don't sit there and feel the need to write an op-ed about how they were emotionally triggered by every moment of their life. They well, just... You know, you move on. It's well, a shotgun. You shot once. If you watch videos from these war zones, many of them in more urban areas, you will see people literally just doing their daily business. Right. You'll hear gunshots. You'll see a guy like just walking, carrying like a basket on his head to. or whatever. Well, that was old New York. New York, I mean, I grew up there my whole life. I'm a eighth generation New Yorker. It, it makes you tough if you live there your whole life. And you just are unfazed by certain things. There was like a failed bombing there a couple of years ago and, and like a, and like the press ran there and there are people like, they're like, can you stop? Like, no, I'm on my way to work. What are you talking about? Yeah, it was a, it just happened. Like, I'm on my way to work. Right. That that's what it makes you. And I guess if you're a very fragile person who's been very comfortable your entire life, like the most minimal thing just sits there and shakes you. I think more than that, he had an agenda to push to though. Oh, of course. Yeah. And yeah, I was reading about Switzerland, and far from being a response to World War II, the reason that Germany did not invade Switzerland was because exactly. every man has to be in the military. And yes, they do have guns in every single home. They're issued by the government, which is Stin's idea. They couldn't get them hey, yeah. up into the mountain. There's a, there's a town the in, next right-wing president, him, is the head of the Department <laughs> yes, of Gun Ownership. Right. Gun services. <laughs> gun there, services. There, there's a town in Georgia that mandates gun ownership. Kennesaw. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. That's neat. Mandates. I want to go there. This is a, this wait, wait, do you get to pick your gun out? Or does it you, say no, no, you, you have to? You have to own one. But I you, don't know. I don't yeah, think they not, give you one. Okay, but you don't. they don't sit there and say it has to be this style of gun. You could say any gun. Oh, I don't know. I got it. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. If they say, like, you know, if it's like North Korea, if they have a certain kind of hairstyle, they have a certain type of gun. That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> no, so, yeah. There's like five yeah. to choose from? Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think at the Department of Gun Services, they would have, like, you know, two rifles to choose from and, like, two different handguns. Yeah. And then just – but, you know, they're going to be, like, garbage government issue. You know, yeah. You don't want that. Yeah, but, like, but Soviet but Union free. stuff from, like, the 60s. I'm yes. like, yeah. Yeah, like government cheese. <laughs> like, <laughs> You walk in, they're like, we've got a captured AK, you know, modified. <laughs> you go to use it, the whole thing falls apart. It's yeah. like, exactly. Well, that's smart But it's free. <laughs> with like tracking mechanisms. And yeah. You have to get, turn in your Not gun to get a government. new 2023 smart gun. Oh, I like yeah. to yeah. listen to your talking. I think, it, I think it'll be a great equalizer to give everybody access. <laughs> that, now, look, the rich people will have the really great high-tech stuff. 
But then the people, the regular people, can be able to walk in and, you know, get a handgun. And but, you know, it. you were mentioning before. The box talk- of ammo, too. We were mm-hmm. talking before about, like, policing and everything like that. And the defund the police is coming out of a lot of the woke left and especially the wealthy left who live in private gated communities. A, link, a big thing about the police that people don't understand is it's not only something about social, about safety. It's about climbing up the economic ladder. My family, my dad's side, super poor, 11 kids, super Irish Catholic. Oh, wow. Every boy became a cop because that's your only avenue to join the middle class. If you cut off that avenue – now, in every major city in this country, basically, uh, policemen are majority-minority. Most are non-white. You, this is the avenue to become part of the middle class for people who have no other way of going to college and spending $40,000 a year and doing it. By cutting off the ability to become a cop, because the alternative now is to become a sociologist and, you know, back up 200 grand in debt. By cutting off the ability to be part of the middle class, the alternative for security for these gated communities is going to be uh, private security guards without a pension – probably making maybe $25 an hour and that's it with no ability to retire. It keeps, it actually suppresses people, poor people even more, both in urban communities by making them less safe, but also cutting off the opportunity to join the middle class. I know that's a totally random thing. But the the riots are the same thing. They destroy residential neighborhoods. They destroy businesses. And the ultra-wealthy can buy up cheap property and then sit on it and wait until the property... But if you care, if you're supposed to be a working class people, this this is what you're supposed to actually care about is how does the working class, how does the working poor make it in this country and and advance themselves to some... Not everyone's going to be a billionaire and not everyone needs to be a billionaire or a millionaire, but some level, some floor of comfortability where, you know, their kids will do better themselves and they'll have some respectability at the end of their life. If that's the end goal, as it should be for any socioeconomic policy, this does the complete opposite. Yes, it destroys property, but it well, also cuts off the path to the middle class. We, we were talking just a moment ago about, you know, leftist gun control, and I wanted to pull up this story. This is from Fox News. Parkland activist calls out media for not aiding gun reform efforts under Biden after doing so under Trump. Suddenly, you're just an angry leftist who will never be happy with anything, Cameron Kasky said. I don't think Cameron Kasky is a leftist at all. Uh, leftist. He's just a theater kid. Yeah, he's a, yeah, he's a theater kid, but he's more like an establishment Democrat. So I, I don't see him as like a socialist. I don't okay. think he posts this stuff. Maybe he does. Maybe I'm wrong. But there's a big difference between the leftists, like the Antifa types, who are literally like wanting an insurrection and buying a bunch of guns and quoting Marx all day. When Mark said, you know, arm, under no pretext shall arms and ammunition be surrendered. The workers must frustrate this if, with force if necessary. He's just an establishment guy, right? So these are like the elites. These are the, the, um, the, uh, shocked nobility of uh-huh. capital city going like, egad, the people have gone for, mm. how could they? He's surprised now that the media has completely abandoned him hmm. now that Joe Biden is president and they don't need his vote anymore. It's funny how that happens, isn't it? He said, quote, Right now, this very moment is very complicated. It's a very t- complicated time for gun violence prevention activists. They're not. But anyway, because with Biden in the White House, the media does not want to aid us in demanding stronger gun reforms because whatever Joe Biden does is suddenly the right thing to do. Kasky said when Donald Trump was the president calling for an assault weapons ban and saying that the measures that he was putting in place were not nearly enough was a very popular opinion. Now, if you're calling for an assault weapons ban, suddenly just an angry leftist who will never be happy with anything. That was always true. They were using you to try and get Donald Trump out of office. The assault weapon ban would have never done anything. And that's why your ideas don't make sense. <laughs> but it's no surprise that the media is like, 
We're out. Yeah. They didn't want to help him in the first place. Well, and now, I mean, and I, I tweeted this because the, I think the Washington Post had an op-ed about how uh, Biden's uh, White House is the most blue-collar White House in history, which is, like, completely not true. But I guess if you have a job, you're considered blue-collar. And I said, you know, Clinton got fellatio from one intern. Now the entire press corps is doing it for Biden left and right. Dude, they love him. Or they love what he's representing or Biden? allowing to happen. Yeah. Biden is the greatest president of this or any generation. The you greatest tell president. Tell a lie enough times, people start to believe it. Yeah. Could you could you imagine the people who you know don't watch the news anymore who actually believe that? Where you've got a guy who goes on TV and he says true and anana shabbat of pressure, and they think this guy is capable of running a country. And and the thing is, that he's remarkably radical. Like I mean, Biden is far more radical than I even thought that he would be. He's very very far to the left with the things that he's doing, and. People still consider him a moderate, and it's just bizarre to me. And he's like this fragile old guy that they're like, oh, no, he's fine. He's a moderate. No, he's well, – the things that he's doing – he just got rid of that monument ban. Yes. Like you, that monument ban. Who was Why? sitting there saying, oh, man, I was going to destroy a monument today, but Trump did that executive order. And he was like, no, I'll be your advocate. You can destroy monuments again. Why? Like, wh- why? Like, why was that the thing that he was like, I got to do this? And maybe it's just been the face of Trump. I don't know. But it's it's bizarre. I, I do. I do think you you're you're being a little unfair to Joe Biden. Oh. All right. Yeah. So I want to I want to read you. Uh, I want to read you a quote. It's very profound and um, inspirational. Something okay. that Joe Biden said that's going to make you at least you got to give him some credit. Joe Biden said the best way to get something done. If you if you hold it near and dear to you, that. You like to be able to, anyway. <laughs> Is that a real quote? Yes. yes. <laughs> when was that recent? <laughs> I don't know. That's. <laughs> I think you can listen to him say it. It's, yeah, it's really hard. I wonder really if I can find the video. I hate it so much. Anyway. Uh, it's worse than the way I read it. I yeah. was. I that was, was a commencement speech, probably. I was trying um. to read that as if it were. All right. Let's, let's see if this is it. Can we play it? <laughs> I'm a very, very practical guy. Yeah. Okay. I can't make it any louder, though, huh? I don't think can anybody hear this? I don't think they can hear it. Oh. Because it's, I can't make it any louder than it is. That sucks. Um, That's a press Let me let me try and find a better video. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, his whole thing about, and it, I, I don't know. I think that Biden is Biden has these grand, like you know, proposals that are large and trillions of dollars and that's what you do after you're Lyndon Johnson and you win 46 states. Now that's mm. after you win your FDR and you win, you know, I guess there was only 48 states at the time, 47 states at the time, so 45 or or Reagan after he won 49 or Nixon for 49. This is what he did where he won by 45,000 votes in three states and a 50-50 Senate and lawsuits in the House. I, I think it's because he knows he's not going to be there for very long. And do you remember when I think it was somebody in the press who was talking about how great it is that they can use Biden to make it look like what they're doing is not radical? He's like, everyone thinks he's super nice, but we're being able to get all this stuff done. Yeah, but isn't it funny how uh, Kamala has far lower approval ratings than he does? Mm, not surprising. I mean, it's not surprising at all. She's the Hillary Clinton factor where she's not a likable person. Yeah, she's she's just got laugh. that natural that oh, laugh is rough gosh. but she has that natural thing and yeah maybe he's just likable and people and people will sit there and excuse it but it is really horrendous and if 
you know, if we go into next year, I mean that I mean his approval ratings I think are at 52, 51, 53 percent about, and his disapprovals are in the mid forties, which is very average for you know a hundred day, hundred twenty day president. Okay, go ahead, you can play it. I got it. You go got ahead, play it. it. We can tell. Play it. <laughs> No, I don't, I don't think it's working. I don't think people on Man, but quiet. I can hear it. No, no, I don't I think. I can hear it too, but yeah. <laughs> so I don't I think it's it, right? getting picked up on the uh, live stream. Yeah, on the live stream for whatever. Yeah, oh, well. Oh, too well. bad. You can't hear it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the best way to get something done, if you if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, you um, like to be able to. Anyway. And that's and that's not <laughs> oh that's not uh, his like tick that he has where he can't no. speak. That's not stuttering. I forgot that, what he was saying. That is Can I, can I just it, it, uh, on White House, whitehouse.gov? Yeah. It's actually it it's actually here transcribed. Oh my gosh. It's actually transcribed on whitehouse.gov. <laughs> exactly. It is a a quote from Joe Biden. Yeah, and that will never oh. be I mean that will never be looked at all of his, you know, Biden isms, the way that Trump used to say, like everything was the greatest, the most wonderful, the best. That was, I mean, mocked ridiculously. Biden's, the, the, I mean, the, falling apart. The issue with Biden is that every journalist does this, including conservative journalists. Jo- Joe Biden will say something like, "We we got a, uh, you know, uh, got a, lumber prices are too high. We 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 got to get lumber prices, you know, uh, down." And then the conservatives will write. Joe Biden said, quote, we got to get lumber prices down. Yes. No, he didn't. He said, oh. um, er, ba, Trinidad uh, uh, shot at a pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every journalist he speaks like it. Foghorn Loghorn from like the Looney Tunes <laughs> cartoon. Yeah, 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 Foghorn yeah. Leghorn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, and everyone sits there and assumes it. No, that's absolutely true. Uh, and you know, my grandfather died of Parkinson's and my grandmother's dementia. I'm very used to that. And when he had Parkinson's, he got Louis B. dementia. Mm-hmm. I know dementia. I'm not like a doctor or whatever. And I don't think that he has any advanced stages of, of, of it. But even if he's the perfectly most healthy person in the world, he is a man of a particular age. Is, yeah. And, you know, yeah, there are a handful of men who go into their 80s, you know, the Clint Eastwoods of their of the world. They can still sit there and work and operate. But Joe Biden is not he's that He's 87, man. right? 88? No. No, he's 79. 79? 79, 79 80? He's either 79 or 88. 78, I think. 78. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's aging. He's decrepit. So. Yeah, he's definitely not, uh, he's definitely not spry. I don't mm-hmm. say decrepit. Seventy-eight, about many living 78. humans, right. but that's seventy-nine November. But that's but yes, but he's only five years older than Trump. And look at like the, the, the even in the last two years, his exhaustion level is just over. Well, he stops working at a le- or he like he has he can't be around the press after like a certain hours a day. He doesn't yeah. answer questions. You guys, you, you guys need honestly. to look, look look this up on your phones real quick because I'm going to show everyone who's watching. There's an article from the Onion. Stress of presidency already ages Biden 10 years. Yes. And he looks like a mummy. He looks desiccated. Yeah, it's just like a rotten corpse, just like 10 10 years. That's kind of sad. That's what it feels like. The last two years is just, it's just aged him. His voice is so much more tired. What what you need to understand, my friend, is that uh, as you're older and older, it's an exponential decline. Yeah. You know, I guess like yeah. the older you get, the faster your decline is. Pe- you know, you, you look at there. There's uh, I'm not going to name anybody, but there's some people that I used to you know look up to who are old and passed on, and it's like you could really see that decline happen, man, faster and faster. Yeah, there is not one of those people. Your sixties to your seventies, people in general, most people I've witnessed go to that age range don't decline very much. Seventies to eighties is a big slowdown, and eighties yeah. to nineties now is where he's approaching. I mean, very few people are Betty White. It's like That's the true. movement is or what William keeps Shatner. you healthy. Or William that Shatner. Like, yeah. I, I think he's actually like Data from yeah. Star Trek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like Dick Van Dyke. There are a handful. Yes. Cloris Leachman. There's a handful of, of people, Mel Brooks, who like in their 90s, stellar, better than I am in my 30s. 
Um, he is not the president of the United States currently. And also, it's weird when you look at foreign countries. Like the president of Austria is my age. Yes. And you're like, or like the like Macron. the chancellor. No, Austria. It's oh not, yeah, yeah. I, well, But Macron is young too. Well. He's yeah. in the 30s. The guy in Italy is like 31. Like oh, yeah. there are wow. like yeah. the rest of the world has like people and- uh, like. It, it, it's you know, if you see Star Wars Phantom Menace and like the princess princess is like 13 14 mm-hmm. and she's like the dim- that's what like the rest of the world looks like compared to our leaders where you're like and he's millennials ancient. I blame millennials well I blame uh, millennials for what boomers well millennials what are they doing are I mean doing? they're trying to make it I think most people yeah are. I guess but like how many millennials are actually running for office you, you know what they're doing instead? they are but they get they, they're, I'll tell you what millennials are doing they're complaining on the internet these 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 you know guys putting up like cameras in their bedrooms and then doing these YouTube shows where they bring people in. All they do is talk, 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 talk. Yeah. Probably wear a beanie twenty four seven. Not running for office, not leading the charge. It just won't grow up. It's hard. See, I could make fun of the other millennials. But I make but, fun of myself. But the, yeah, the, yeah. the thing is that when you have institutional power, I know so many politicians who they doubt de- they never want to leave. I mean, Joe Biden was in office for a hundred thousand years. Mm-hmm. He's been in office for something like twenty five percent of the history of the country, and he never once leave it. There was probably other people in Senate of Delaware, but they were never going to be ousted by. They're not going to oust Joe Biden. They're never going to oust Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is um, like a turtle. I mean, he literally is like three hundred years turtle. old. <laughs> Diane Feinstein is in her mid nineties, and she is just there forever. And it's just they, there are sure there's younger people in California who want to run for office. Ro Khanna could be that position, but oh, yeah. but they never they never get the opportunity because people just stay forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not supportive of term limits, so it's I'm not endorsing that. But I mean, you, you, you never want to let that stage go. Something did, weird did happen because I, I pulled up this thing from uh, uh, Pew about the generational gap in politics. 2018 was interesting. We're seeing a lot more younger people. There's a what was it? Madison Cawthorn. Madison Cawthorn. Mm-hmm. AOC, yeah. obviously. AOC. You're getting a lot more younger people who are coming in. But there really was a period where millennials and I, I'm not going to blame Gen Z. They're not quite at that point yet. But m- m- millennials are entering their fo- getting close to their 40s. 40s. Yeah, we only have a handful. And who's and who's doing anything substantive in politics and culture, leading the charge? So as much as I can make fun of myself like why aren't, I think what we're doing is important we're engaging in civics we're engaging in politics we're, we're communicating with other millennials and talking about these issues obviously the people who are watching are engaged but there is a large large portion of millennials who are just abstaining from political well I leadership. mean but look at them I mean and I'm not giving excuses to people out but we did get we did get it rough we came into age during the 08 right. crisis we mm-hmm. did and then we got the and then we got the I mean COVID into our 30s there was a lot of speed bumps that we hit on the way to yeah. adulthood and, and, that, and that's why I was going to say maybe I blame boomers a bit boomers yes. definitely deserve a lot of blame for a lot of things they held on to power for too long they misguided it they had these large notions they didn't have the sense of duty the way that or they didn't expand the, the sense of duty that uh, that that their parents didn't agree weren't they generation. hippies yeah they're the hippie generation some of them, some some of them. Of them. Yeah. only older percentage though but, but but could you imagine this generation? Geriatric boomers, as I'm a ger- ger- geriatric millennial, I've been told. <laughs> That's rude. Yeah. But could, could you imagine these these you know boomers who are like hippies, who are partying and you know like live free, free love, and then as soon as they got older, they were like, mine, my stuff, yeah. mine. And listen to Dr. Fauci. Right. They, they That's. I mean, drugs. that is literally who they became. Is everything they hated. I've heard that the the hippie movement really got derailed by the drugs. Like they just did too oh, many. Yeah. 
And they just <laughs> as fun as it was, but they people that have t- looked back were like, if we hadn't done all the drugs, we would have been able to have a political movement for real. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure that when I mean, you, the boomers when you go around politics, the Pentagon man. and try to elevate it with your levitate it with your brain, oh eventually is that what they did? Yeah. Yes, that was famous. They went they were on they were trying to levitate the Pentagon. That's Who was funny. that? Was David Leary? Right? And that didn't work. That didn't uh, surprisingly. Oh, wow. It wasn't like that ball that keeps levitating. About. It yeah. didn't happen. So I mean, well, hold on, hold on. But was it like were they doing like light as a feather, stiff as a board, where you get like seven million? I don't think. They can hold underneath the, the Pentagon, <laughs> but, they, but no, this is a famous. You don't know, yeah. I, I no, think it was remember. David Leary who was like trying to levitate the Pentagon with their brain. I believe it was David Leary, but yeah, I mean they not did. Timothy Tim, Timothy Leary, Timothy, Timothy Leary, not Timothy David Leary. Leary. David Leary was somebody. He was like one of the pioneers of LSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Timothy uh, Leary. I think he tried yeah. to levitate the Pentagon. Yeah, we got it from oh. Smithsonian Mag. Oh yeah, fifty gosh. years ago, a ragtag group of acid dropping activists tried to levitate the Pentagon. <laughs> yes. Imagine what you must have done wrong. <laughs> to create a generation where people all show up like, let's levitate the building, man. Wow. And they're like, nothing's <laughs> happening, dude. Did you do more acid? Let me try. Yeah. And you know, one guy was like, wow, it worked. <laughs> like, I mean, one guy was like, that totally it worked. Was totally like, worth it. And we were I levitating with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, and, that, and that's the generation that's out there and, t- and hung on to institutional power and wealth and they have way too much of it. And they, and in a lot of ways, they sold out a lot of things that gave them that ability to, to amass that wealth because it made them wealthier. I mean, like things like normalizing trade relations with China and, you know, yeah. stopping a lot of a lot of other things as well. But, yeah, that's that's the boom. The boomers deserve a lot of. And there's a great book by my co-podcast. I have a podcast with American Conservative Magazine called Right Now. My co-author, my, my co-podcast host, Helen Andrews, wrote a book called Boomers. It's a great book. Cool. It talks so about is it uh, – I'm going to go ahead and say – we can keep reducing the problem, you know, trying to figure out where it's rooted. You can say, well, the boomers, who who who, who had the boomers? The greatest generation? Yeah, the silent generation. Silent yeah. generation? Silent. No, silent was Gen Xers. S- no, silent is like 1916. It, it no, no, it's silent, boomers, right, right, right. But, but, X, But the, y. the greatest generation oh, was they came back from boomers. World War II and yeah. they had a bunch of babies. Yeah, and yeah, that generation yeah. was the boomers. Yes, yes, yes. So what did the greatest generation do wrong? That created a bunch they of. They made the suburbs, and that's that's where everything went wrong. Really? When you American so? dream. No, I just think that kind of, I yeah. think that you know if you grew up in the depression and you grew up in and you went to World War II, which was a lot of that generation growing up through really hard times, worse than millennials had it. You kind of want normalcy, and you want, and you probably are a little quieter in your beliefs, and and that was, and that you don't sit there and stimulate, you know, overstimulate telling you know a lot of things and also not all boomers a lot of boomers went to vietnam and they fought in a horrible war that they shouldn't have been a part of and like some boomers did sacrifice a lot but the overall like me focus on me going to the suburbs i need to have a bigger plot of land i need to have you know i think that definitely affected a lot of people's psyche as a part of like this is about me because those boomers later on went on to go because if they were born in the 40s they came of age voting for the you know the me generation with Reagan. Their kids absorbed it big time, which were the Xers, who was probably our better generation we have alive today as the Xers. And I say that as a millennial, but yes, yeah, 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 the Xers because they were the most ignored. The Xers never got attention for anything. They were punk, man. I think yeah. the greatest generation came back from all this hardship overseas, and they were like, "I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that my kids have everything they want. I want yeah. them to live the American dream. I will raise them that way. I never want. I want them to go to college. You know, I don't want them." 
that might have but been they also inherited their their they also inherited the greatest generation everything they built but right. also if you grow up in depression and war in really terrible situations you of course you want normalcy for of your kids. of but course they, like they, that is your natural instinct they built it on the back of war spoils basically the u.s was the only country that didn't get leveled during world war ii our soil didn't get invaded so we had massive wealth and they and they created a system on top of that that could only subsist with that level of wealth. But if you look at the drop-off, it, it does decrease starting in the 70s. But when they normalize trade relations with China and when they go into NAFTA, you see it plummet and yeah. it yeah. catapults. Nixon and the took per- us off the gold standard purely for that reason. No, Nixon took us off the gold standard because he couldn't afford LBJ's spending right. deals. And he couldn't, also, he couldn't also pay for that anymore. Mm-hmm. He, couldn't, he couldn't repeal it. And he needed to get off the gold standard. I mean, I don't blame. I don't. I don't think that was a great choice. But I don't blame Nixon for that because he couldn't. Ref- he couldn't get rid of the, the the Great Society. And LBJ is one of the worst presidents of all time. Millennials aren't leading, and yeah. I don't know if it's an excuse to say, "Well, we had two, you know, major economic crises." I mean, people have their hardship. That what the boomers also had Vietnam, didn't they? Yeah, they had Vietnam, but they also had a massive amount of stability. And I think that, I mean, if you look at the inequality between generations, it's it's huge right now. Um, and I it definitely, I, yeah, boomers hold it. Boomers hold huge sums of wealth, and it's not even close to where millennials I, will ever this, be. This is crazy. I saw uh, a so post. like forty percent of millennials have not had their first child yet, and they're going to the first. And there was some data from a few years ago that said. Uh, people who are 29 are, have a net negative, a, a negative net worth of about $1,000, and only at 30 do they go positive. But I saw a meme. I don't know if this is true. It was just a meme. And they said Mark Zuckerberg accounts for 2% of all millennial wealth. Oh, my God. That would, that would not surprise I mean, that would be a shocking number, but it wouldn't surprise wow. me at the end of the day. 2%. That's, that's a lot. I mean, it sounds, sounds small, but consider how many millennials there are. One guy. One guy is 2%. Well, and, and, and add that to all of, all the people who came out, came out of the tech boom who like created, like, I don't know how much Tom from MySpace is worth, but like all those people. Okay. But million. still, if you add all those people together who made, a, who made something and became a billionaire or a hundred million or whatever and accumulated them together, I'm sure they, they make up like a dozen people probably make up a significant like half. Group. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is, that is genuinely a wild, wild. But I, 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 look, I, I can, I can look at the older generation and blame them for not instilling proper values in millennials. But when, when you get people who think the path towards making money is accruing hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in school debt. But you're sold on that from like, from a kid, you're sold. I know, that's why you're going to go to college. And but at a certain point, there's got to be responsibility for the individuals. So that's why I look at this like our society sold a lie to millennials and screwed them over. So I'm in favor of some kind of debt relief that isn't just paying off everyone's debt. So I, th- I think maybe like terminating interest rates, pay down the principal, no more interest rates accrue. You can still defer because how do you have a generation? How do you have a country when an entire generation owns nothing except for like Mark Zuckerberg and they're saddled with a debt that just keeps going up? Well, more rates. importantly, colleges should have to co-sign their loans. Yeah. Colleges should not. One, we should seize the endowments. There's yes. no Woo! question. Thank you. Harvard has 120 billion by themselves, tax free, mm-hmm. that they do nothing besides, you know, institute the worst ideas in the society. But colleges should have to co-sign your loan. If they're going to make you pay 200 grand for, you know, a degree in basket weaving, they should co-sign that. They should not sit there and say, oh, you know, yeah, best of luck to you on your path of, uh, I don't know, may- becoming a brand who sells basket. I don't know anything, but they should have to co-sign your loan because if they did, they would not give out the nonsense degrees they do they would not have the cost be as high as they do um and they would reform something i mean colleges get away with a lot 
And also they're the, it's, they're so hypocritical because it's like the home of the biggest leftists, the biggest bleeding heart progressives. And every way the college administration works is like the, is the most money grabbing kind of organization in the entire world. It is like, it is like a wolf of Wall Street would not be as deceptive as college institutions mm-hmm. are. And I say this is a college dropout. So, I mean, I'm not someone, I didn't spend a lot of time in academia, but you see the way it works. It is, it, they, they preach one thing and they operate a completely different way. Scam factory. It is a total scam factory. It would be great to see colleges have an incentive to get jobs for the students. The that students. was the best, that was the best thing that happened because of COVID was some people who dropped out of college and they were like, yep. I'm not going to go for a year and figure something out. I mean, I really hope some people figure something out besides going to college because I mean, I, I also didn't go and I I know I'm a unique how I make money, whatever, but there has to be a path for people outside going to university. I mean, there just there has to be. An, uh, Maybe we needed some kind of you know like great restart or, or reset yeah, like oh, of uh-huh. the system, but that's know? some but sort you, of reset. Yeah, a great one. Oh, it's just like great that. One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this is like this is like where. This is where I, t- I talked to a congressman from the Midwest the other day about this. You know, they always talk about repatriating stuff from China now and bringing back our health care and our military stuff and our production value, actually building factories, whatever. If you left that up to market forces alone, they would go to Arizona, Texas, California for the shipping and the newest and best uh, uh, rail and all the rest of roads, everything, Internet, um, real infrastructure, not like the BS infrastructure that, that Biden was selling us on, like, you know, child care. If you really want to revive the places who've been devastated for up to 30, 40, 50 years of bad trade agreements and Chinese manipulation, all the rest of it, you need government power to sit there and say, okay, not only is this aspirin factory going to come back to the United States, it's going to go to Detroit. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're going to figure out a way to make it incentivized for you to go to Detroit. It could be a tax thing. It could be uh, what do you need? You need better better Wi-Fi. You need fi- whatever you need. What do you need? We're going to make you go to Akron, Ohio, or go to Altoona, Pennsylvania, or go to Erie, Pennsylvania. These places that have been just there, they are on the precipice of annihilation as as a people go. You know, and, and that has a whole psyche with where you have, you know, in America, in our lifetime. The life expectancy was declining in broad sections of the country. And this is in my book. If you are born, they're not listening, Helly Leeds created the National Populist Revolution. Um, but if you are born in Kentucky or West Virginia as a white person or in the Mississippi Delta as a black person or in the Native American reservations as a Native American person in South Dakota, you're going to die 20 years before someone is born in the suburbs of Denver, Colorado. That right. is just the huge discrepancy of life expectancy. South Dakota has the uh, parts of South Dakota have the lowest life expectancy in the Western Hemisphere. I, I I hear you, and I I understand that we probably do have the resources to solve a lot of these problems. But who's going to blow up the kids overseas if we take <laughs> the money away from international excursions and you know? But no, but it's not even. I'm I'm on board with you there 110 percent. But you and I mean the army is a jobs program in many aspects of it. But at the same time, if you're going to sit there and have if COVID was going to sit there and devastate our economy and we're going to rebrand it and not every job is going to be an Amazon job, 
and you want to actually improve the lives of working class people who have been from from urban areas to rural to exurban who have been devastated by our modern economy and and by the modern system you need government involvement. You can't leave it up to the free market alone. And that's what the right is completely missing in this entire moment. Yeah. I know that's we're on a totally well, different Well, you see that with the tech, the mishandling of the tech, you know. Oh, they don't even know what tech is. I mean, literally. It's the, a private company, so it can do whatever it can do whatever it wants. Want. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, it's 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 like seeing like a guy screw your wife and saying, "Oh, no, it's free will." She wanted to do it too. Like it's they're you, saying that. Yes, though. exactly. <laughs> like yeah, uh, you know, it's free will. So she, you shouldn't be upset because it's uh, it's what she wanted. It is literally nuts what they're sitting there and doing, and they're they're con- they're condoning lo- losing because it's very profitable in the in the government sector to lose. It's very profitable. You sell a lot more books as the minority party, mm. or, and you do a lot more speaking gigs than you do. Well, how come you don't support uh, term limits? I, we have them in New York, and they don't really work. Chiefs of staff run for the last position for the person passing you, and then they, they become the, inherently the chief of staff. It doesn't actually create massive change in bureaucracy. Oh, so you see people in the administration take the old role? Yeah, it happens all the time. Like, it literally, it's just cycling on the same nonsense. You don't really see, like, I mean, we do have some things in New York. We have uh, campaign finance laws where we do matching funds, or you do have some people run for office. It's mishandled to, to an extent, but they do try to do a good job. So I, I do have one. One idea that I think, you know, I know a lot of people talk about term limits and we go back and forth on whether to work or not. Um, we could, just hear me out, take a, a, a giant uh, spaceship like the one that Elon Musk has created, <laughs> put all of the politicians on it. Yes. And send it to Mars. Yes. <laughs> and then just go about our business. <laughs> I was on a bachelor party trip, and I, this one guy was Rand a big Paul st- can stay, though. And yeah. he was a big stone. And he was like, guys, if we just stop paying taxes, we won't have a government anymore. And we went to go play paintball, and he was shot the first 10 seconds of every game. He goes, he goes bro, that happens. I'm KO. Like, don't even bother calling me anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's a very hard thing to sit there and do, but there are very practical things the government could be. I was, I was on my way here, and we're on a road with stretches of acres of land on both sides of us and there's traffic and it's two lanes i'm like right this is one thing if there's a, the government could build an extra lane like i'd be okay with it no one would sit there and protest one extra lane i don't there's plenty of land i get if you're like there's no place to build but there is or tunnels i mean you want to build let's create a jobs program united states tunnels or just multi-layer roads like you know chicago's got upper and lower whacker something i shouldn't be have to sit cool, by the way i shouldn't yeah. just sit in mass amounts of traffic no. and all and this is the problem is that people would be okay with the government's nonsense if they did the bare minimum, the quality of life thing. If I wasn't in the nation's capital walking my dog on a block with nine homeless people who are talking themselves, if we could just solve the basics, people would excuse a lot of nonsense. I, I, I really do feel like our government at this point is like, you know, it started out with someone creating, you know, Christmas lights and they're, and they're rolling them up real perfectly. And then each time they hand off the roll of Christmas lights, they get a little more tangled. And now this is like where we're at. It's like, you know, five, six generations, seven generations. And we're just holding this big bundled thing. And we're like, we don't even know what connects to what or like where that goes. And everyone's arguing about how to untangle it. But no one can figure out what's going on. It gets to a point where once you receive a tangled ball, you just assume that it's tangled by nature. You don't even try and untangle it. Yes. And it's also. Right. This is the way it's always been. And it's also the people who want to untangle it the most are like, well, what what does procedure say? And what, what, what should we do? What's in the, what's in, what's in the constitution? What we can do? Not, oh, what power can we just sit there and use boldly to sit there and, and, and no, we have to ask bureaucracy to, to, be, to lower them. Well, and that's local, why local governments are more responsive because they're, they are smaller, but because they are, they, it's literally like, what service can you provide immediately? Not like these long, 
you know, alienated beliefs that no one really I, I think we've just got, uh, you know, this jumbled up system of a bunch of crisscrossing weird laws and rules and regulations that are confusing everybody. But that's what, but what happened, and I wrote this in the book, by the way, and I talk about this constantly in, in my, in my newsletter, the National Populist Newsletter, is that what happened in all these other countries was finally it was enough, and they voted for these outside parties that are, that are very radical in their beliefs and how they do it. Now we have a first past the post system, which is like you have to get the majority in your individual district, so it's a little different, it's a little harder to have that. But we're seeing changes within the two party structure that are saying it just doesn't work for us. And yeah, some of those people are the AOCs of the world, and they're like you know nuts. And then some of the people are, you know, real reformers who want to do something. And we may see them coming out who sit there and say to, like, you know, the libertarians of the world, like, oh, great. You know, government can be used for something good. I don't think AOC is nuts. I think she's more what's – what's the word for when you want to trick people into stealing from them, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that that that's Bri- yeah. bribery, subservient. Yeah. Who's no, that guy no, who no, just no. deceitful? Oh, okay, oh, yeah. I was joking. Yeah. Uh, oh. She just contradicts herself and says whatever her audience time wants to hear, and doesn't actually debate it. Yeah, anybody. like when she was like, Trump is running concentration camps. Legal asylees have broken no law. And the guy's like, what's his name? Homan was that guy's name? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, they broke section 23-295. He like just read it out to her. And then when Joe Biden gets elected and they reopen the Homestead facility, she says. Detention, you know, immigration facilities with controversial, controversial. records. What a great leap from concentration camp. My problem with populism is when you get a backlash to enact or, you know, faulty systems and then you just get some really popular person that doesn't know what they're doing, like, that's in not power. What it means. Well, well, like AOS, like that's Cortez, not, or like I mean, you got Mao, populism. you got Pol Pot, you that's, got Hitler. That's not, you got, that's not, that's not no, but they were all popular. No, but they, no, that's yeah, not. but they weren't. Most of those people you just mentioned were not democratically elected or like legit. I mean, Hitler was democratic. Well, he has seized well, power, but he was. But, he was, but Mao was not democratically elected to sit there in his position. A lot of them aren't. Um, yes, and there are some very bad side effects. I mean, uh, Chavez was democratically elected. Yeah, there are, but there are also people who are democratically elected, like you know, Orban in in, in Hungary. People yeah. aren't being marched into concentration camps. He's not. I mean, as horrible as people say it is in, in Hungary, what did he do? He said to women, "Oh, if you want to stay home and have kids, I'll give you a social security check." Yes. And uh, like, I mean, <gasps> yes, I it no. <laughs> and it, it started. Yeah, we science wow. change. But like, yeah, there are people who do radically terrible things. But it's also like owning a gun. Yeah, some people are nuts and they shouldn't be holding a firearm. And some people are genuine and can actually do something with the power you look, give look, them. Look, look, You know, we're at this point where you've got the Democratic Party wholly embracing Black Lives Matter and the, and the left wholly embracing Black Lives Matter. And the symbol that they fly on their flags is literally the symbol of communism. It is the red salute. Yeah. That is a fact. And they'll tell you, oh, it doesn't mean that. It means something else. I'm like, shut up. If somebody marches around doing the Roman salute, I'll call the guy a Nazi. You're not going <laughs> to play any stupid games with me. They're holding up the red salute. That's what they do. They put it on their flags. A guy tattooed on his neck and then went and shot a Trump supporter. We are looking at extremists. They don't care. They're not going to argue with you. You, this is the problem conservatives have, is they think they're arguing with someone who's interested. Yeah. They think they're going and sitting yes. down with a guy who's literally got a, the red salute tattooed on his neck, and they're like, but hear me out. Here's why I think this policy <laughs> is wrong. And they're like, I'm, I'm interested. I'm have actually you, arguing in good faith. Have you ever read the Federalist Papers? No. That is exactly, I tell us all the time, conservatives, you're playing a game that there's, that they're not following the rules. Yes. Like, you're literally playing chess, and there's like, no, we'll just move any piece we want. I, throw I, the yep. thing over. I, I don't see populism functioning in the Democratic Party in that Bernie Sanders, I thought, was for sure going to be a, a nominated and elected in 2016, and then that happened, and then 20, 2020 again. But because of super delegates, this ridiculous, like, totalitarian 
decision making process. Were you a big burn bro? In the beginning, yeah. yeah. When the when the bird landed on his podium, I was like, oh, <laughs> Gandhi. <is laughs> <laughs> <laughs> then the Hillary email thing, it was just insanity. Yeah. The Bernie bird. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, that's where that came from, that bird. I just didn't know that. The came bird from, landed yeah, on his podium. I remember, but I, was I didn't, I didn't make, yes. Yeah. Like, wow. That, yeah, like, dude, I'm, it's like, like levitating the Pentagon. You're like, yeah. I'm seeing things right how now. How amazing was it though? How, how did you feel, Ian, after, uh, Bernie was, you know, fighting the system and the bird landed and then he got up on the stage and was like, I'm going to now get on my knees and lick the feet of Hillary Clinton. I cried, but I was so sad I couldn't cry. It was in my it was in my gut. But that just I laughed. That just shows like there's so like no honest leftist yeah. left. Like back in the day there would have been honest leftists like no screw you and The I'm dumb ones honest. are honest. They're just they don't understand they don't have power about. though. Yeah, but like the fact that AOC is endorsing Biden going along with it. I mean, if you were this big revolutionary, you don't do that. Like this you know. this this, this, this yeah. you, know, you know this this is the big problem. There was this thing posted on Twitter by you know, Shoe on Head. About, I love she on head. She posted this thing where it was like, the more I read, the more I scroll, and it was like the guy turning into Stalin or whatever. And it was a GitHub thing where it's like, let me show you in inches the wealth of Jeff Bezos or whatever. And it said like, in one day, Jeff Bezos made $13 billion. And it's like, no, he didn't. Anyway. And then it's like, <laughs> here's how much you'd need to uh, home all homeless veterans. And I'm like, money doesn't put homeless veterans in homes. These are children. All right, this is what, what what bothers me is like I'm not going to have a debate with someone who's like there's like homeless people will like <laughs> why don't we just put them in a house like that's so dumb like you could just you put them in the house it's like do you know yeah. why people are homeless mental illness and then drug abuse number two number one, and and not, not only and that's working poor as well and there's choice so I've worked I worked for a network of homeless shelters you know what the biggest problem was you could literally walk up to a guy who was of sound mind and body who was just poor and say to him we have a house. Legit house. We can put you in it. We get some clean clothes. He'd be like, no. Really? Yep. Why? Because they don't want to leave. They like, they've met. So it's not every single person. A lot of people just assume homelessness is always this, this bad position that people have unfortunately found themselves in, not realizing that some people choose to do this. It's like Shawshank Redemption where they like being in prison. Yeah. I suppose, but I, I, I wouldn't even feel like being in prison. Some of these people are like, I wake up outside with fresh air. I can walk wherever I want. I can sleep wherever I want. I have nothing to worry about. I can do what I want. And so they end up sleeping and, and dragging around crap and they smell bad. And it just creates homeless camps and they like doing it. Well, Austin just banned their homeless camps oh. uh, last uh, last week. Like, I'm not saying every single homeless person No, no, no. Of course does. you're not. Of course but, you're not. So there was a uh, – so one of the things you deal with is that people refusing – to go to the shelter saying, I won't do it. I don't want to do it. And I'm going to stay here. So then you get Northern California actually saying they'll seize the assets of people who are homeless if they refuse to like, you know, engage in whatever. You have some people who are mentally unwell. Yeah. But think about this. Let's say you just said, you know what? Don't care what you think. Don't care what your abilities are. We're going to take you. We're going to put you in a house. Pipe bursts. Now you've got someone who's mentally unwell sitting in a room rocking back and forth as they're being sprayed with water and the floors are soaking up and who's there to help them? Who maintains the property? These people are children who don't understand there is a massive economic system at play that makes your houses function. That's why when you get this Black Lives Matter woman who's like, I'm going to buy five houses. It's not just about the five houses. It's about the groundskeeper. It's about the building manager. It's about somebody's got to be managing all the taxes on this. Someone's going to be managing the, the day-to-day expenses, the mail that's showing up. There, I'm sure she has a staff that's dealing with this to maintain all of these houses. Yeah. Or, as she said, her family is living in them. 
It's not just the house just sits there and is full of money. And so what happens is you get people on Twitter with hundreds of thousands of followers posting something they absolutely do not understand by it's it's it's. Unfortunately, it's midwits. Well, that's why Zoomers and millennials get their education from social media. They're almost as bad as boomers are with their with Facebook posts, but now on Instagram and Twitter, where it's just like a, literally a picture that's supposed to explain a large system. And that's why you get a lot of the beliefs on Black Lives Matter. They're, to go back to where we first, a lot of it's like, oh, well, black people are thirteen percent of the population, but they're you know this percentage of the well, what percentage of crime do they commit? What percentage of the, like? There's a lot more than what you're giving and what you're, but it, your education comes from memes, and Jeff, that's a problem. Jeff Bezos makes about a million dollars a year in benefits, and his salary is eighty three thousand dollars. He has stock. He can't just sell the stock. He has contractual agreements and obligations. And they say, like, when certain price points are reached, he's allowed to sell out a certain amount of his stock. So they say he made $13 billion in one day. No, the value of Amazon as a company went up $13 billion. But there is no circumstance in which Jeff Bezos could say, I'm going to liquidate all of my stock into cash right now for $185 billion. It's not possible. There's no circumstance in which he could probably even pull out $10 billion. It is in weird increments. It's small. It's imaginary. The funniest thing is how people who don't understand economics talk about economics. When they say things like, I remember when Shane Smith of, of Vice was a billionaire. And I'm like, oh, is he a billionaire? Why? Because he sold a percentage of Vice for, you know, several $300 million. So his hypothetical holdings of that company multiplied by the, the investment percentage creates a net worth of billions of dollars. Congratulations. That and, a fi- and five bucks will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. People don't understand what wealth really means. They think that Bezos has all this money he can just throw around. They think Zuckerberg has all this money. They're rich. Don't get me wrong. Right. They own like, you know, Bezos has a mega yacht that costs like half a million dollars because he is a billionaire. But when they come to you and they say, like, we should tax $185 billion of Bezos, it's like he doesn't have that. But we should tax it anyway. How would he pay the taxes on that with a wealth tax? If you if you were charging him what one percent, he's got to pay one point eight billion dollars. He doesn't have that in liquid assets. Then he should sell his stock. He's not legally allowed to. Well, we should force it. To t- we should take it from him. Okay, so you're saying you want to liquidate Amazon and lay off tons of people and shut the company down because you don't like that this guy's rich, and then have no money and no resources to help anybody. It makes literally no sense. You want to reform the system? Fine. Do your research. Stop wasting my time because you're not arguing anything. But then you have to deal with the fact that these people, like Bernie Sanders, are in politics and are making policy. And then millennials are just sitting here complaining on the And they vote, and they vote this big problem. Who are the Zoomers? Zoomers are Generation Z, I think, born after 1997. They're, like, in their 20s now. It's like the kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's like the kids who are, like, they're either incels or they're, like, you know, they got no hair. Is it because they use Zoom a lot? (laughs) No, Z. I don't know, Zoomers. This is really... Instead of boomers, Zoomers. So Generation Z. This is really crazy. Zoomers are incels. Yeah, no, uh, no joke. Um, I'm not trying to be disparaging. I'm they don't have to... sex a lot. No, yeah, no. there was a story from the Washington Post showing that like more than a third up to like the age of 29 were virgins. So that doesn't include some. I do know a significant amount of 20 year old men who are virgins. Like a sign, like I knew none when I was like a 23 year old or I knew yeah. like a handful who were like were trying to get laid, but just couldn't like $50 in Bangkok couldn't help them. But now <laughs> I know a significant amount who are just choosing not to have sex. No, it's not even a choice. It's like, 
Uh, they have no ambition. They have no ambition. Right. I went through a celibacy phase, and it was kind of by choice, but kind of Like three not. weeks like, long? Yeah, yeah. And it was like five years. <laughs> but it was a lot of like hoping that I would meet someone. And I would spend like swipe right. I hope that this works out. But that's not how you find someone. No, you they're make not, it happen. You seize the moment when you find They're them. not trying. Like They're mm-hmm. not trying to meet somebody. Like they but have I, no I, way. I, I think they don't know how. I don't know. I don't know. But it, like, I'm like, let me help you. I'm one one of my friends. I won't say his name, but he, uh, great guy. But he was like, I'll make a dating app, and they're like, name an interesting thing about you. And he wrote, I love virtue. I'm like, oh, are you joking me? No one's gonna swipe right. I'm like, so you ever, tell you, know, you do a great impression of like Apu on The Simpsons. You know, I don't know something. You know, you know, like, you know, don't do like this. You know, it's funny. Have you have you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes, I love when that show. he puts on his dating profile, like. He's like, what do you? What's your favorite food? He's like, milk steak. Yes. <laughs> if you, but here's the funny thing: in the show, it's like, what? What's milk steak? If you actually made a profile and said you loved milk steak, you'd get women being like, I love it's always sunny. Like, yes. something is nonsensical. something. Yes, something nonsensical. You have put that. Don't put like your actual heart and emotion on like this. Mm-hmm. Like you'll get destroyed in life. It's like Twitter. Like you know, you be it's a vultures. Twi- mm-hmm. t- Tinder and all these apps are really, really awful. I never had a dating app, and I wish like I didn't. So I never experienced like what that's like. But and it must be horrible to just try to make like general conversation but if you can't make conversation in real life right on everybody how the hell can you make conversation on just an app or no. i don't know some people are really good at it and some people you know definitely. well I, I don't know what the exact reason for it but washington post ran the story where they showed that uh this was a couple of years ago men 29 and under were substantially more likely to be virgins like 33 or, or more percent and i i was we talked about this quite a bit i think it's dating apps because it opens up the dating pool for younger women to older men that didn't used to exist, right? A 35-year-old guy had very little access to 22-year-old women. He'd have to go and lurk around colleges. It was kind of weird. Now it's just on the app. Boom, there, boom. You and know? you got porn. It could also be yeah, porn's a big deal. Yeah, but it could also be like like you have a fear of being accused of being mm, date raped. For sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's part and of like it. And like Zoloft, like different drugs that diminish sex drive. But porn, there's a huge number of like 20-year-olds who have uh, like – dysfunction down there they can't get it up or whatever like what? you, yeah because yeah, of porn. porn he has a porn oh, yeah because a lot of porn yeah I mean, like, violent porn is just well destructive on the psyche man. to uh <laughs> before we go too deep let's go to super chats yes if you haven't already smash that like button get your super chats in now we're gonna start reading your questions and comments and go to timcast.com become a member because we're gonna have a, an exclusive members only segment this is member only segments i already know what we're gonna talk about it's gonna be crazy it's gonna talk about the craziest Religion, conspiracy, aliens all coming together because Obama's talking about aliens. We're going to talk about this. So go to TimCast.com, sign up if you want to see that episode. And again, smash that like button and share the show with your friends. We got Many and Lee says, can you get Brett Weinstein on to discuss the COVID lab leak hypothesis? Mm. I would absolutely love to. It's just really difficult to get people from far away. But uh, Brett, you are always welcome and we will reach out. Starscream says, FYI, Colonial Network is being reported as down again per the Daily Mail. Yes, numerous outlets reported this earlier today that a communications network for the Colonial Pipeline was down. So, uh, whatever. Gas panic here comes again. Hmm. Make 1984 Fiction Again says, it is Tuesday, May 18th in Massachusetts, is still secretly leading number one totalitarian authoritarian regime in the Marxist state of America. As that would be the case... Oh, this is great. Ryan C. made a little mouse chasing a $5 bill and a flower. How cute. What a, what a, what a nice little, little piece of art. I love it. <laughs> Christian Jimgochian says, I nearly jumped up and cheered during my shift today when the DA spat in the face of BLM saying at a press conference that the Andrew Brown killing was justified based on Brown's own actions. That's right. Yeah. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Kowloon Ching says, Hi, Tim and crew. Have you heard of the new Stoplon token? Grew 20 times in a mere two days. Love your work from Singapore. There are a lot of tokens like Dave Portnoy. I guess he called, did he call Safe Moon a Ponzi scheme or something? I don't know, I didn't hear it. It was hilarious. Because hmm. he's like, I don't know. But some dude, this is funny. Uh, uh, I saw Hotep Jesus retweeted some guy. I don't know who it was, but he called Dave Portnoy lettuce hands. Why? Because <laughs> you know, like paper hands. Like yeah, yeah. Because apparently he like, he sold his crypto or something and he's like, keeps losing whenever he like, does these bets. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I think Dave Portnoy's a cool guy, but. He's a cool guy too. Yeah. Donnie Jr. says, Telcoin CEO assisted Nebraska with Bill LB649, which is a statewide framework for cryptocurrency and digital asset banks. Passed to final debates today. Nice. Cool stuff. Yeah, Crypto is the revolution, man. We're, we're, I think we're at that, that major turning point. How for, do you know bad crypto from good crypto? You uh, got to read the white paper. What's the white Most crypto? of it's bad oh. crypto. It's like the ethos of the paper yeah. and what the crypto actually does. And you got to look at the company. Look at the people involved. Because I don't are they know legitimate developers? Like, anything about crypto. I, I don't know anything about crypto. And I just. Certain ones are like computer programs called smart contracts, which can facilitate like if I send you money and then you need to. Everyone says Bitcoin's the only good one. Or the, the well, best. Ethereum's it's, it's pretty the good. Safest. There's, it's the safest. And every, everything goes up and down based on Bitcoin in many ways. Ethereum is good. And so I have four right now. I have Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, Dogecoin, and Cardano. Oh, you got into Dogecoin. For fun. Okay. I thought it was yeah, hilarious. It doesn't really do anything technically. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah. Elon, Elon's trying to pump it. I, and just, I think he's scamming people. Yeah, probably. In my I opinion. Mean. So you really got to read the white papers. Um, and you can see ahead of time, like, this crypto will facilitate transactions between the Ethereum blockchain and the Bitcoin blockchain. And so you'll see it has a value, that it's coded to have a value. Some are just like, we will make 100 million of these tokens. And then some. And they don't do anything. So I, I could probably just snap my fingers and create what's called a token, which would exist on the Ethereum blockchain. And I could call it something like Beanie Coin, and I could make a million of them, and then be like, "They're for sale," and probably make money, just yeah. like just like that. One of my female comic, friend, one of my female comic friends said, "You know, we're, women are never gonna like close the gap between men on income because they men just make their own money now, like constantly. <laughs> so like every time we think we're getting close, like no, they're just gonna make their own coin. So fair. I think, uh, in, so I'm not giving anyone financial advice. You buy whatever you want. Bitcoin's the obvious. It's yeah. the big dog. It's first in, best dressed." Ethereum is the best technology, in my opinion, for now, because software apps are being developed using it. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, Mines.com. So I do have another. I have Mines tokens because I'm on Mines. And then uh, Dogecoin is a joke, and it's funny, and I don't think it's worth I, – I think it's just like a silly thing. But then uh, Cardano is very similar to Ethereum, made by the four, uh, one of the founders of Ethereum, split off, started his own company. So I'm looking at what Cardano is saying. To me, it kind of feels like once they get – up to the point where Ethereum's at, it's going to explode in value as well. So it's a good investment. Okay. My, I'm not giving you advice on what to buy, though. No, I, I don't know any. I mean, I, I'm not a technology person. I don't even know how wind happens. So I'm not like I'm way behind the, the, the thing, but I just want to get more interested. I'm, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's going to help stabilize the economy. Yeah, okay. Good to know. On a state-by-state level. Yeah. All right. Lauren Holiday says, Tim, this is my first super chat. We are Christians. Do you, do you never dialogue with non-Catholics? We would love to talk to you all. God bless you. 
I mean, I think it's actually funny because most of the religious people we have are Catholic, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that, but yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. so. We I'm bring, Catholic. Even yeah, though I yeah, look, yeah. Even though I look like a Jew, I'm, I am Catholic. Are you Catholic. devout Catholic? Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. Do you study it heavily and like follow No, because I'm, I'm a cradle Catholic, so I don't have to study. We're just kind of born with it. Like we have like, you know, like Christians read the Bible. Catholics get a man to give you a book report at the end of every week, and that's what you sit there <laughs> and live with. And that's that – so we don't I'm, – I'm that kind of – no, but I go to church on Sunday. So if that's oh, devout, then oh. that's what I do. Oh, yeah. All right. Joseph Allen says, hey, Tim, I just got my To The Moon shirt today. I love it. My girlfriend said the light blue color brings out my eyes. Oh. LOL. That's right. If you go to TimCast.com and go to the store, we have a special shirt. It's to the moon. It's a Sheba in a suit holding cash with coins exploding. It's like a <laughs> Dogecoin joke. Your girlfriend would think you're yep. beautiful. <laughs> All right. Comic Nut says, I just had the cops called on me last weekend for a noise complaint, and my neighbors know I'm strapped, and I let them pat me down and everything. The worst that happened was they told me to sober up. Oh, nice. Wow. You just keep your hands up. You know, that guy, like, there's exceptions, right? The guy who was playing Simon Says. Yeah. When the cop was like, put your hands up, put your hands down, put your hands. If you move your hands and the guy's crying, I just lay, if that were me, I just lay down there and I just did not move. Yeah. I would advise never to out. yell out, don't shoot, don't tase me. Remember the don't tase me, bro? Don't yeah. tase me, bro. Because when yeah, a cop that's, hears, that's friend. don't tase me, tase me, tase me, they, that word, like, don't, don't give double negatives to, to people in general, especially don't tase police me, officers. Bro. Yeah. That, don't you, know, hurt. you know the guy's friends with Luke, right? No, that's awesome. Yeah, he's like good friends what does with he Lucas? do now? Uh, he writes. Oh, okay. like, I think he's like a libertarian writer. Like, or something. Don't tase me, bro. Dot com. <laughs> yes, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> tase me, bro. Did you just say tase me, bro? <laughs> mm-hmm. Daniel Heron says that Fauci impression is getting damn good. Well, if I actually tried to do impressions, maybe I'd be good at them. You would. You should. Dressari says, "Hey Tim, how is the hyperinflation in America going to affect the rest of the world from us?" There was a, a tweet I saw out of Nigeria that inflation there is like 20% or something. I don't know if that's true. I just saw some people tweeting about it. Yikes. It will absolutely have a massive and worse impact on everybody else. So basically what inflation does for America is it allows us to devalue our debt. This inflation stuff is really good if you're holding massive amounts of debt because you can take your liquid. So, so right now, let's say you're rich and you got a, you know, let's say you're not rich. Let's say you got a mortgage. It's like $300,000 mortgage or whatever. You live in a nice suburb. And so you have maybe a few thousand dollars in cash. You can put that into a crypto, which is going to start going up like crazy. And you're going to gain 10%. And then paying the interest on the house, you're going you're gonna to make more money on your investment than you would. But more importantly, when inflation hits, the value of the dollar goes down. That means the amount you owe in labor goes down as well. So rich people love it. They take up, they, they, take, they take their money and they buy other currencies, they buy other assets, they buy gold, silver, you know, uh, cryptos, whatever. And then inflation hits, their debts all devalue, and then they can swap back for even more dollars, pay it all off, and it's super easy. It's one of the tricks to, to owning more stuff. All right. Dylan Keller says, wanted to push back just a bit on the idea the right doesn't use crises. Who passed the Patriot Act? Just playing devil's advocate, no disrespect. Thanks. Yeah, Smash the true. gorilla, and I am a like button. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yes, they don't. That was the establishment. That was that was, that was everyone. Yeah, they it, all it, were for it, that. It, they, everyone passed. Everyone made the Department of Homeland Security. But yes, the right did do that. But they don't. You know, Bush could Bush had a ninety percent approval rating. Could have done anything he wanted to do, and he invaded a country. So it's a problem with left and right. It's this like military group of like covert military ops, like Bill Crystal, Dick Cheney, that like 
infiltrated the government and whatever party, it doesn't matter what party affiliate they were. Yeah. They're, they're militants. I'm they're not like a gun few, runners. I'm not a huge fan of Colin Powell, but when Colin Powell walked into the Bush White House the first day, saw everyone around him said, these people are bleeping crazies. <laughs> like that was the actual quote. It was him. like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was right. It's a show, says Tim. You killed it on Fox tonight. Looking good in that beanie, my friend. Please shout out my show. I'm starting on this channel. It's a show. One love. Hmm. I wish I had more time because on Fox they mentioned, they were like, Tim, you tweeted Fauci lied and people died. And I said, well, that tweet was in reference to Rand Paul calling out the the gain-of-function research. And Fauci lied because even PolitiFact says we did provide funding to the Wuhan Institute for gain-of-function. If I had more time, I would have also said more specifically – Fauci told people not to wear masks. Then it turns out we needed to wear masks. People died because of that. He also said go on cruises. That's right. Very important. In March of 2020. He, he, is, he is directly responsible for people doing wrong things. Yeah. And if you want to be the TV doctor who comes out and says, here's what you should do, well, then take responsibility when you tell people what to do. You want to know what the craziest thing I've seen in a long time was? There's a video right now out of Dallas. It's going to say something inappropriate, but go ahead. Sorry. Out of Dallas. <laughs> two guys in the army. And some, like, medical guy, I don't know who he is. They're like, we're going to go give someone the vaccine. And they walk into a 7-Eleven, and they ask a guy if he wants a vaccine, and they just give it to him. Now, I don't know if they pre-planned this, what, what they were actually trying to prove with this. But people think, because the video makes it look like they randomly walked into a store and found a random guy to give a vaccine to. And I just thought to myself, how insane is it that they're, at, at the very least, maybe, maybe behind the scenes, off camera, they secretly planned it and looked over his medical records. How insane is it that you could be at 7-Eleven and an army guy walks in and says, how would you like to get medicated right now? And you'd go, awesome. How dangerous is it to walk up and give a medication to someone you don't know their history? And how dangerous is it to make a movie about a, a TV documentary about that, making other people think it's okay to do that to people? And like, even the weirdest thing is, have you seen the COVID, the COVID card? There's no documentation to say that this is like a med, there's no doctors like right. the doctor. There's nothing. It's, it's not supposed to. I, I know, but that's ins- that's literally insane because, like, how do I know a doc? Like, how, how do we, how do you know who gave it to you? If like, it's it's bizarre, it is. It's like literally the most blank piece of paper I've ever seen. There's no stamp on it. There's no like actual just, government issued anything. They're talking about setting up vaccine sites outside of Seven Elevens at bars when people are drunk, and I'm like, don't you need someone's medical history before you give them a medication? Like, you can't get a tattoo if you're drunk, but you can get a vaccine. No, it's it's not even about that. It's about there are certain counterindications for medication, period. Yeah, of course. So imagine if you walked up to a 7-Eleven, the guy was like, want some Valium? Here's some Prozac. It's like, Yikes. no, no, And no, you're no, a hot no, dog. No. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, do you want you wanted the pizza from the, from the counter? If and you're gonna... eating food, hot food at a 7-Eleven, do you really care about your health that much? Mm. I think that's the first Great. question. I, I just, like, that's bad food. Yeah. I think it's, it's absolutely insane, but there's this what waiver of liability for the companies, so you can't sue them. You can't sue them, of course. So Freakish. if someone came up to me and said, I got these pills, you want to take one? I'd be like, No. I'm not taking your, what, what are you doing? If someone had a needle and said, do you want to inject it? Absolutely not. I'm going to go to my doctor like every normal person should and talk about my health and they'll go through my chart. They have, they have, they have a record in your computer like, you know, someone gets stung by a bee and they get all in, in, you know, allergic and have yeah. anaphylactic shock. They can be like, oh, well, you know, we should make sure we don't give you this vaccine because of that reason. Some random guy walks into a 7-Eleven like, here you go. And the guy's like, awesome. Or have allergies. Period. That, that yeah. to me is nuts. It is. Nuts. I mean, I guess, I guess thinking about it too, it's the same for flu shot. You go to Walgreens and they're like, here's your flu shot. It's like, 
do they know anything about your history? Do you? I've never gotten a flu shot. They don't. You know, they don't ask you like a. I don't know. I never got. Oh, okay, so, <laughs> never mind. This is like the wrong audience. They they make right. you answer a few questions. Do they? It's pretty light. Yeah, I had to okay. get them every single year, and they're like, "Are you allergic to eggs? <laughs> do you, are you?" Well, at least they the ask you like a single question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they'll they'll follow up with you. Yeah. What are you laughing at, Tim? Eli M says, I can't send the link, but if you Google Black Rose Firearms Chainsaw Bayonet, a company went ahead and made one wow. on USA Today's behalf. Great show as always, Tim. Ian Lives Matter. Hi, LM. <laughs> they made too. a chainsaw I bayonet. I look it up. Ah, uh, is it like really small or what? Black How's that work? What's the weight armor? distribution? That's going to be hard to like carry after a while. Like, that weighs in your forearm. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Nefors says, Lieutenant Governor Robinson is our hope here in NC. We're still Great. wondering how we kept Kami Cooper in charge, but elected a rep lieutenant governor and senator. Also, sheriffs in California and Lincoln County stated they won't enforce his dumb gun laws. Robinson actually got more votes than Trump did. And I like him because he grew up super poor, but also was he worked for a factory. The factory got displaced by NAFTA. Like he is a working middle class. It's because he made that pro gun video. And if you haven't watched it, you should check it out. Uh, that pro gun video that became popular and he became the nominee. And he's just he's, he's stellar. All right. Dan and S says, Biden isn't radical. He's a puppet. I predicted this when everyone but Sanders and Warren dropped out and backed him. Absolutely. Good point. If the puppeteer is radical, does that mean the puppet is? <laughs> Not really. The puppet's just Did a puppet. Did you see Freedom Tunes uh, new video? Mm. with? So you saw the photo of Biden and Jill with Jimmy Carter. Yeah. And they look massive. Yes. So uh, Freedom Tunes made a comic, uh, made a cartoon where Jimmy Carter and his wife are puppets. And, and, and they're like, yeah, yeah, it's really, yeah, funny. I've seen that picture actually, yeah, because they look like they look like they're on their lap, like as right, like, right, uh, right. yeah, <laughs> it's wild. Amy B says they say Biden is the most popular president ever because he got eighty million votes. By that metric, he's also the most unpopular because seventy million, seventy four million right. voted against him. That's true. Hmm. Pablo Mendoza says I love how you skipped Gen Xers, LOL, Boomers and Millennials, but no Gen X. Well, it's because the Silent Generation has the Gen X. The boomers have the millennials. There's this jump that happens, you know. Generation skip. Yeah, yeah so skip ge- uh, uh, Generation X, they're basically just like in the cracks. They complain the least. They're they great. don't. They need less attention. They made a lot of industries. They're successful. They they definitely co-opted millennials successfully. Something um, about them drinking a lot of Pepsi in the '90s, I guess. Listen, they watched Heather's and then they grew up and like they complained and they listened <laughs> to Nirvana and then they were like, yeah. okay, well, we got out of our system. We're they're good. Great. They saw like, Auto Tune come in the music industry and didn't oh, like yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, actually, they were like late '40s now. They're yeah. probably in their 40s, the 40s, late 40s and 50s, 40s, yeah. 50s, yeah, because yeah, so yeah, if millennials are going into their 40s, then they right. are in their 40s and 50s 42, right I think, is the first, yeah. the youngest Gen yeah. Xer. Dan and S says, Gen X aren't silent generation. We're a forgotten generation. No, no, no. The silent generation is the generation before that, boomers. And they had Gen Xers. Yeah. And they had Gen Xers. They birthed Gen X. Yeah. Hmm. We're a forgotten generation outnumbered by boomers and millennials. Yeah, but you're better. So. Mexican-American <laughs> conservative says... Have you seen the life cycle of democracy? Look it up, gang, and tell me what you think. Okay, I will. Love Angel says, when I was young, nearly all the jobs were gone, and getting told uh, getting told only way to get a job was to go to university. Mm-hmm. That's right. No one to you says, likes don't register unless you press three times, wiped after commercials. I'm not the only one experiencing this, mostly conservative content. The salt must mm. flow. So, yeah, there was some weird thing that happened where YouTube announced that there was a glitch with likes or something. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but, like, a bar appeared on all the channels being like, we fixed an error having to do with this. And a lot of people were, were chatting about it. So if you would like to support the show, smash that like button. We appreciate it.
This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Corey Thomas says, I'm really curious to learn why Ryan isn't a proponent of term limits. Great show and great guests as always. P.S. A month and a half into living in AZ and it's great. Well, I think you. Uh, I, yeah, it just doesn't. I mean, I've seen it in New York and it doesn't work great a lot of times. And most people get cycled through the establishment. They just kind of elect their own people. So you have the same policies. You just have different faces proposing mm-hmm. it. I just maybe work different other places. But in New York, I, I haven't seen it work wonders. Or if you didn't let people from the administration run. Yeah, like this. if you couldn't work, you couldn't have worked in the government. I mean, I don't know. And also, by the way, the staffs generally stay the same. Mm-hmm. Like the new person will come in and bring it in the same staff who done everything. It's I don't see it as very effective. All right. Boris R. says, I grew up in the Soviet Union in the 80s. We had mandatory training with assembling and shooting AK-47 throughout high school. It's hard to get guns in Russia, but everyone knows how to use one. Just a fun fact. Great show. That's interesting. All right, Irish Wrist Watcher says, if you were in the apocalypse and you only had to have one gun, what would it be? Well, I have not used every single gun, but at this point, it would be the SIG M400. You see, Crowder just sent me one, and I got to say, I've got a couple of ARs that shoot 5.56, and I've got, I, I got a bunch, you know, I got a 50 BMG, we got some 308, we've got some shotguns, and I finally get this weapon that Crowder had sent out. We went to the range, everybody tried it, and we were all extremely impressed. So I got a SIG tread sight for it, a red dot, and everybody was just extremely comfortable with it. The, the muzzle brake was fantastic. And so it's, it's 5.56, you get, you know, a standard uh, round ma- magazine, of course, which is 30, and then uh, you're good in the apocalypse. It's a good versatility, I suppose. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm, maybe some other people would choose something else. I guess if you're talking about guns and you theoretically could pick like any gun from any point, you could choose probably like a selective fire rifle of some sort, I guess. You take a rifle though, for sure. Not yeah. a pistol. I want the chainsaw yeah. bayonet. Yes. I mean, that's my yeah. chosen it's gun. It's cool. For the yeah, zombie for apocalypse. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah. We got to make an FPS that has the chainsaw bayonet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's your next t-shirt. There you go. Chainsaw. Don't tread yeah, yeah. on me yes. with a chainsaw <laughs> bayonet. <laughs> I love it. All right. Jonathan Smith says, the greatest generation, they starved. They fought a war, came home to kids, didn't know how to be parents. Every generation since doesn't know how to raise kids. Asian families do. That's why their kids are successful. Hey, I have Asian parent. I have, I have Asian parent. There you go. That explains <laughs> yeah. it. Colin Connett says, love you, Ian. You make the whole podcast. Ooh, Thank you, Colin. What a, what a bold endorsement. <laughs> like yeah. we're, we're a team, Colin. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan Parrish says, hey, all U.S. sailor here. I recently got a promotion and had about 11 hours of leadership training. There was very little about leadership, but a lot of talking about diversity and how we should strive for it. 
Can't give opinion on this because military. Mm. I'm sure everybody thinks it's the stupidest thing ever, and it's making everything fall apart. That's Matthew Mansfield says, comparing greatest to millennial generation from life challenge perspective is intellectually lazy and illustrates panel bias. Check these kids, Ian. <laughs> I just said that they didn't go through the same thing that obviously the greatest generation went through oh, much Ian's worse. Gen Xer. No. I am. I'm the last year of Gen X. Um, the great- I did just say, though, they are not the No, same I don't think thing. you're the last year. 79? Um, millennials. Uh, 80, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you I guess you're right. Um, yeah, I feel like a millennial, millennial, but I guess I always wanted to be Gen X because all my friends, the older friends, I always looked up to them. They were yeah. Really cool. You guys had a Pepsi commercial, right? Oh, man. Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I used to have Michael Jackson's vest in this. <laughs> Remember when the five. thing exploded over him and like caught Burn, his caught fire. Fire. That was Pepsi, yeah. right? Was that, that Pepsi? That was Pepsi, yeah. yeah. Crazy. You had a Pepsi commercial. All hysterical. right. Mr. McDuggenstein says Congress is not supposed to be an assisted living facility. We need to <laughs> right. vote out the career politicians. How about age limits? Well, mm-hmm. I would rather do term limits than age limits personally because if I'm 80 and I want to run for president and I'm healthy, I'll, I'm down. How about if, if your teeth don't fit? Then you shouldn't be able to run for Congress. Like, like Nancy that. Pelosi sold her teeth <laughs> I don't got fit a, anymore. I got a better idea. All right. In order to get into any any of the chambers, the, the, the Senate or the House, there's like a long corridor with water, right, <laughs> underneath, and there are just logs just placed at random points, and in the water, alligators. Yes. <laughs> so everyone has to be able to just jump across, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter how old you are if you can't do it. Right. I feel Sorry, like Chuck Grassley long. could do it still at like 80 years. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like he would wrestle an alligator just for oh, fun. Yeah. But like, he like... Yeah. He falls in, and then, you know, Nancy Pelosi and everyone's standing there scared, and then he climbs out the other side with his clothes all ripped in his butt, and he's like, who's next? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that'd be Chuck Grassley yes. at 88 years old. Yeah. All right, let's see. YouTube just jumped to the Super Chats. I love when, it, when, when they yeah. do that. Why not, Gordon says, is there any way you can give my GoFundMe a shout-out? My wife is stuck in Florida because of her ex-husband. We are going to court and drowning in legal fees. The title is Help My Wife, and I move her to Tennessee. Well, there you go. Wow. Sam T. says, Bitcoin is going to 30K soon. Altcoins will moon. Love the show. Cheers. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin may go to 30, sure. But it's also going to be uh, happening in a couple of years, which means rewards diminish, and then the value is going to skyrocket. But a lot of people made really good points about what's happening right now. For one, you had Elon Musk playing dirty games. You also have... Tax season. People got to pay taxes. They make a bunch of money. They need money for taxes. And it's the first year you're taxed on Bitcoin, right? Um, I don't think it's the first year. Right, but you are taxed on Bitcoin. Oh, definitely. Okay. It's just hard for them to track. You know what I was saying this morning? The only commodity we don't tax in this country right now is data for these big tech companies. Interesting. You don't tax data, and it's what they make their money on. If you wanted to punish big tech, you would sit there and tax data. Yeah, like 90%. What do you mean? Like tax, a ninety percent rate. Ninety percent tax. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but that's the truth. Or you make your own data. You you buy data from people, and people have to that would be so cool. They have to sell you your data. I, like I mean, it. that could be that would be like real wealth distribution by people by companies who don't pay taxes. That could be written into a smart contract too. Like a token would go to a person when their data was transferred. Yeah, yeah. I was just rallying about this today. Is that that taxing data would be the one way to um to Never really. Heard that. Patrick Davis says, everybody help with Ian's treatments. I assume he is getting help, hopefully. I am I'm getting massive amounts of help. Thank I you. think that's a compliment. I think they're saying you're what doing a good job. Uh, we're building the Fediverse. Uh, I don't know what that guy's talking about. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just, I think I just noticed what, people around the, the world the are helping me right now. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the point he's making is that 
before he was critical of you and you're doing better now so he's saying something must be working get it yeah. you're right you're right i've been meditating there you go. yeah perfect <laughs> he's trying to lift the pentagon right now yeah, trying. It's not trying. Working, sadly yeah chronicles of riddick said came to this country with two suitcases from socialist india where our land was seized by the government my first flag was issued to me and today i have a master's in aero engineering Ooh. immigration debate should be about legals thoughts Epic. uh mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I mean, legal immigration is far more important than what's going on illegally. I mean, illegally is horrendous right now, especially with the I mean, with Biden just having open borders. Um, but no, the legal immigration argument should be definitely happening. Learn the language. We got we got to help somebody out here. So so Connor Acevedo says, "I'm 22 and I've never had a girlfriend, and I have literally no idea how to get a girlfriend now. It's such a different scene. It, it may maybe, but here's, here's what you do. First, I don't know what your situation is. Start walking." I, I say go to skate parks. I love skate parks. They're a whole lot of fun. There's a lot of people. Start Everybody's moving. always having a good time and always encouraging each other. Or go to the gym, have a good time. But it's really, really easy. You guys ready for this? You get a dog. You go down to the beach. And then you let the dog off the leash. And oh, oh no. Oh, yes. oh he's running over to the... Oh, yes. oh ladies, I am so sorry. Oh, <laughs> Herman just really loves everybody. Herman. Dogs are a big thing. But also, listen, don't overthink things. I have a lot of friends in college, especially, who overthought talking to a girl. So they would make like these broad generalizations i'm like no no it's really like not that difficult so i would go take them to the jersey shore and i would walk up and say this is my buddy so and so he's from nebraska he's never seen the ocean before they thought that was so cool and they would they would want to talk to somebody i mean it's not always a hit or miss but like don't over don't over over complicate things make it real and, simple and i just gotta say don't take advice from me the dog thing's a joke don't do it because i'm just yeah. imagining now like some guy gets like a pit bull gets <laughs> mauled and like yeah like, like, people are it. running and no. screaming you get like, like you get like a multi poo or like a jack russell terrier like something <laughs> like cute like yes. little dog whatever but like a lab multi poo i have a multi poo that's why i was oh, thinking nice. about oh, it so. now you gotta get like a, 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 a get, get a golden doodle a golden, oh, golden doodles are like the friendliest dogs. They yeah. don't care. But like, it's not that hard to talk to a girl. I don't know where you're from, where you live. Maybe there are like not a lot of women your age, but like, it's, it's not that difficult. When you, I like, think it's weird. It's a weird concept to even say it's hard to talk to a girl. You live like, you, you should, hi. But no, no, hello, like, you, hello, fellow human. I, I listen, I, if you're, in fact, say that, walk up to someone and go, hello, fellow human. If you're See afraid, if you're afraid of rejection, <laughs> assume. If you're afraid of rejection, you literally like just put it out there enough times you will get. It may be one out of a hundred, but you will get a yes if you just throw yourself out there enough. If you like, like what you're doing, that that translates. That makes you attractive to women. Um, yeah. So whatever you like to do, do it, do it, and be confident about it. Even if it's like playing video games or something super nerdy, like go with it, be with it. And yeah. Especially if it's turned into some get sort it, of get it, public get facing it. performance, because then women become obsessed with you. Get a safari hat and binoculars. And then go to bars and just, you know, walk around. <laughs> that would make me laugh. <laughs> that would, I'm yeah, kidding. Women, women are attracted to people who are funny. So if, you have, if you're funny. Yeah. Fun, being but funny. Being funny is like having big boobs. You get old through a lot of life by being funny. It works. Yep. But yeah. I'm just imagining somebody actually putting on a safari hat and binoculars. Just because they do that doesn't mean they're going to be funny. It might just be like extra weird. <laughs> it's like, hello, I, uh, hi. <laughs> no. what, you, what are you doing with those binoculars? Hi, I'm uh, I'm lost. Uh, and have like yeah. have like if you get a first date, have like three interesting topics that you would start a conversation with. I got it. It's so important to be able to start a conversation and mm-hmm. hold it. Yeah. I got it. And ask them about themselves. Learn, learn the thriller dance, and get a get a, like a little Bluetooth <laughs> speaker and go downtown somewhere and just by yourself do the thriller dance. And you know what'll happen? 
invariably a bunch of women will come behind you and start doing the thriller dance That's with you. True, yeah. And then you'll that all be That is not true. Like, don't, 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 <laughs> like, don't endorse this. This is not the, no. It's a joke. Don't, uh, 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 uh. I'm, I'm kidding, but I firmly believe if you were playing thriller during the dance, people would join you. Oh, yeah. And they would do the Do you know the thriller dance? No, I know. No one I, I under, know like the thing. Yes, you know. no one under forty knows the Thriller Dance unless I, I, you are. Hey, hey, he does. We introduce it. I, I saw that video. You're a lot over of times forty though. Yeah. Then what do you do? The cha cha slide or something? No, don't. No, no, the don't, Macarena. Just, don't, no. We all did that when we were kids. Yes, uh, uh, yeah. Renos Macarena is only five moves, but like, yeah. <laughs> but like, don't don't just start randomly dancing. <laughs> like moves. you're gonna get arrested. Go and like. No, Whoa, you can dance in if the you, street. Not like not in the street. In the street. Yeah. I mean, like in the city, like on the sidewalk, and like an Why open would you, area. Well, who would approach somebody dancing? I mean, I'm from New York for too long. I would never approach someone just dancing in the street. Like Bro, the dude, I used rhythm. to I used to play music in Chicago on the street all the time. Playing and, music and randomly dancing, especially if there's no music no, uh-uh, playing. Uh-uh. There were people who would randomly dance. They turn on music and they would just do dances, and people would give them money, and then people would come over and like dance with them and hang out. You got to dance in your mind. Where, like <laughs> only a certain part of you, but you're counting the rhythm like one, two, three, four in your lower left core. And you just pick the part of your body that's doing the beat one, two, three, four, and you subtly move it so that people can't really tell you're moving. But because you're moving, you're in that comfort flow. People I'm, find I'm, that attractive. I, I'd be willing to bet. I'll bet you that if you go to like if you're in New York and you're playing the Thriller and you're doing the Thriller dance, event, like. While that song is playing in one iteration, someone will come up and start dancing. Yes, because mental illness is rampant in New York. I don't know where this kid lives. He could be living in a cornfield in Omaha. I'm just sitting there and saying, if you know what, go to places where there are people your age. Yes. If you're in, if you're 22 and you're in college, especially like, and I guess college is closed now, but try your hardest there because after college it becomes a lot harder. It just does, like, because you're not around people your age as, as much. You have to right. be much more aggressive. May so I, if may you're in college, go for yeah, it. Yeah, when you're done, may I add my two cents? Yes. Go ahead. I don't know anything about lady, girls, yeah. but I. I would say that if you're working toward a common goal, it becomes a lot easier to have something to talk about in the first place. So if you approach someone, for example, in your class or someone who's working on something with you, that's going to be good, too, if you actually want someone who will work with you in life. I think that's a good start. Yeah. That's just my really boring. It's not a joke. It's yeah. not quite serious. If you're working toward the same goal, it's really good. I agree with that. Yeah. Average guy 3048 says, hi, Tim, I'm a Gen Z and I don't want to date any women here in the U.S. because I'm afraid of being accused of something horrible. So yeah, thanks society. So I just told you, yeah. So date guys or girls, <laughs> girls overseas. That that's always kind of thrilled girl, me. Girl, like immigrants who don't know <laughs> illegal aliens, they can't complain. They'll be deported. Like I mean, like yeah, that's your option. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just joking. I was a kid. No, I, I'm. But no, I don't think every girl's like that. Just uh, it's kind of crazy because um, I wonder if the internet is doing this. Do you know? You know the secret technique was when I was growing up. I, I don't uh, know. There no. wasn't. I just like hi. How do I get talk. to know girls? Yeah. Well, it makes antisocial people feel on your communications through a, through a screen. I mean, it does make you want to, you know what I used to do? Cause I used to do fundraising for nonprofits and here, I'll let you in a secret for fundraising that they'll, these companies don't tell you men predominantly fundraise off of women, women predominantly fundraise off of men. Oh yeah. yeah. So in the fundraising office, you have like women and you'd ask them like you, all the names, all dudes, all dudes, all dudes, all dudes. And then for me, it's like all the signups are women. And so you want to know the easiest way for me to actually get it. We call it a stop, like to get someone to stop and talk to you. you. Just see someone walking down the street, and then I see a person, walk right up, reach out my hand. Yeah, physical contact. No, no, no. I, I don't touch them. I reach out my hand. And you know what they do? They shake my hand. And I mm-hmm. say, hey, nice to meet you. I'm that Tim. What, what, what are you doing? You go to school here? You go to, you go to, you go to Columbia? 
Oh, cool. Yeah, a bunch of my friends go here. Well, I'm saving the environment. You want to save the environment with me? What city did you do this in? Chicago? I did it in Chicago and California. Oh, in New York, they'd say go F yourself. Like, right I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Because I would never shake my hand with that's when people. Yeah, you wouldn't. But So I wouldn't waste my time with someone like you. What, what, what the, 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 the best fundraisers do is they identify. The way I described it to people when I was training, I was like, you can, you can start to see the signs in someone. If, like, if they have like a furled brow, that's a red light. You're not going to stop resting. You know what face? Like right, 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 right. Yeah, you're not going to stop. Then you have like yellow. It's like we can try. If you don't understand this concept, you're going to be yelling at people who hate you all day. Don't do that. Look for the green light. Look for the people who are walking around with a smile on their face. They're doing something specific. They got headphones in. It's a waste of your time. If they're like purposely avoiding you, don't waste your time. You see make eye walking. contact, like yeah. They make eye contact, but then you just walk up and you shake your hand. Hey, hey, how's yeah. it going? What are you doing? And then just you just have fun. So I just feel like, uh, you know. So hey, do you, you live in, do you live in Chicago? Like, oh, that's cool. Like, do you go to school here? You don't go to school here? What are you doing out? Do you what are you walking around downtown for? Like some crazy person? Then they'd laugh and I'd be like, no, whatever, man. You know, here, give me your credit card real quick. And they'd be like, what? I'm like, I'm, I'm serious. Give me your credit. No, because we're saving the environment. And then they laugh. And it's fun. Maybe I'm just you know uh, arrogant. So it was really easy to t- for me easy for me to tell people I, what to do. Your, so. your suggestion about touching physical contact is massively important in but you, fundraising you can but as well offer as dating it. you yeah. can only offer, offer it. of course and it should be innocent and like don't touch people just because you want to make a connection that's the best thing with dating too when you first meet someone if you make physical contact like mutually Usually. it makes it so much easier to interact just here here's my advice the best thing you can do is to like go downtown and then just identify a person you want to meet and just start singing that neat love song i will do anything for love and then there's going to immediately be a like, here's my phone number. He has not offered a single good suggestion. So far. <laughs> I just want everyone for the 22 year old who's like writing this down. This is where you're like, Meet low, <laughs> anything for love. <laughs> what year was that? 93. I, I got to guess. Yeah. It's, something like that. Uh, yeah. That's All right, a everybody. Great album. Oh yeah. It's good oh, stuff. Yeah. What, what a year, huh? If you haven't already, go to timcast.com sign up because we're going to have a crazy and wild, uh, bonus segment coming up which should be up around 11 or so. You can follow this show, facebook.com slash timcastirl, where we post all these little clips, and you can share them because, you know, we're trying to leverage Facebook to get more people to go to our website. And you can follow us on Instagram for the same reason, at uh, timcastirl. And uh, smash the like button, share the show. Do you want to shout anything out? Do you have yeah, a book? Uh, book uh, they're not listening. I'll at least created the National Populist Revolution and my National Populist Newsletter on Substack. It comes out every week and multiple times a month. And it's deep dives. If you like politics, like national populism, it's definitely the place to be because it's the only place to be. They have it. And it is confirmed. I'd do anything for love by Meatloaf. Is 1993. <laughs> Bad out of hell too. Back into hell was the album. Very good. Uh, Meatloaf. Yeah, Meatloaf. And I'm Ian Crossland. You guys can follow me at iancrossland.net. And on social media at Ian Crossland. So thanks a lot. Right, come on. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Sour Patch Lids to help me overcome the actual Sour Patch Kids in follower count. That's my life goal now. Please help me. Yeah. Oh, that's an account? Uh, Sour Patch Kids? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm at Ryan Gruduski yeah, yeah, on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter and Instagram and all the rest of it. At Ryan and you can follow me at TimCast basically everywhere. We will see you over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.